Microscopic bio-robots that can enter your system by the slightest contact with your skin. Well, since it's DNA-based, with further modifications, yes. Families, certain genetic traits, single nucleotide variants and polymorphisms that could target a range from individuals to whole ethnicities. How do I get this off? Oh, you don't, you can't. Nanobots aren't just for Christmas. <laughs> Once Heracles is in your system, it's there forever. Need more time to There have been uh, breaches around the world of databases holding DNA information. We have big plan, you know, we have big plan. What is it? It's a simulation. We're not just attacking individuals. They're going to kill millions. Either we will not fit in the suitcase this time, lady. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. On the wake up. Live from FEMA Region 2, back at it one more again for the most dangerous two hours in radio on the wake up with your host this evening, your brother Cam Kazi the Cutlass. Shout out to my co-host, my brother John from the Truth Booth Podcast, the Masonic Marine from the Truth Booth Podcast. Shout out to super producer Cindy Ashby for bringing this all together. Shout out to the whole On The Wake Up Radio family and shout out to you, the listener, the On The Wake Up Radio army. You can check us out at onthewakeupradio.com where you can listen to the 24-hour broadcast that we have. 24 hours of broadcast on onthewakeupradio.com. It would take you literally years to listen to all the content that we have on there. You can also check us out at otwtube.com. That's our social media platform. But you can also check us out at SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Check out the archives on those platforms. If you do happen to go there, please um, share it, you know. Share this content with someone that you feel is on the wake up and ready to hear it. Hit that like button just to show your support, just to bump up our ratings a little bit. There was a time where we were like 111 out of half a million on Apple iTunes podcast under education. So out of half a million different shows, we were number 111. That's pretty good. So, you know, we were in the top 150 out of half a million. Y'all can do the math on that. But, you know... Do what you can to get us back over there. Share this content with somebody. And it's not to, you know, for self-aggrandization, if that's the right word. It's not to big ourselves up. But it's because these conversations are necessary right now. It's never been about us as the people and the host behind on the wake up. For the longest time, we didn't even have the video portion, so you just heard our voices. Now, you know, we've stepped up our game so you can get the video, especially if you go to otwtube.com. But it's not about us. It's about the message. It's about the information. It's about you going and taking action based off of the knowledge or the information that you gain. It's about you being able to question what's going on at any given time. I mean, honestly, we, we, we love when people go out and they say, hey, look. Maybe this isn't correct what you said, or hey, look into this. 
You know, if anything that we say is incorrect, then you know, please challenge us. That's part of it. Because you know why? We're not the government. We're not the mainstream media. Okay, we can take correction, and that type of correction is for the betterment of the whole family. What's going on right now is about truth. Yes, we've been on top of a lot of information over the years that a lot of people and a lot of your favorite so-called truthers have yet to touch, and that's okay. You know, I'm sure there were some people that got there before we got there. But in the end of the day, if it's about the truth and spreading the truth and spreading this message, then it doesn't really matter who got there first. The most important thing is that you got there and that you can do something with the information. So, you know, go out there, go check out the archives, go, go check out stuff that we've been talking about for four years now. We are, <laughs> we are coming into the end of 2021, ladies and gentlemen. We have, let me see, probably have one, one more show before the end of the year. And it, we're going deeper and deeper into this, what we say, the rise of the Gestapo. We're at a time now, crucial point in history, where the you, you can no longer ride the fence. There's a thing about standing up for what you believe in, and your actions need to be in harmony with your morals and with your heart. Whatever that may be, this goes beyond the debate about the shot. You know, we're just warming up the mic right now, so we're not going to use all the hot words just yet. But best believe, very soon, we will be using those words. But, you know, when it comes to the shot, if you don't want to get it, then don't get it. If you want to get it, then get it. But... This is not the time to be coerced into getting something that you don't want to get. Because when we talk about buyer's remorse, <laughs> that's some buyer's remorse for that ass right there. There's an undertaker in the UK. His name is John O'Looney. John O'Looney. And I've listened to several interviews by this man or sent to several interviews of this man in the last couple of months. And stuff that he talks about, he says that during 2020, and this is just according to John O'Looney in the UK, he said during 2020, there, were, there was no increase in the frequency of deaths. Nothing really out of the ordinary. As an undertaker, so he's dealing with the bodies, you know. Think there was, um, you know, maybe an abnormal amount. At one point, there was an abnormal amount of deaths in what they call care homes or old age homes, or elders. And this drug that they were giving the elders, I don't remember the name of it now. But this is a drug that is used to sedate people when 
they are intubated so that they don't, you know, pull the tube out, right? So we said that there was an in increase in the use of this drug. There was an increase in orders for this drug throughout 2020, which indicated like, okay, there's something going on. Peace, brother, peace. Even though he wasn't seeing a lot of intubated elders, he was seeing the use of this drug, which means to him, it meant that there was probably some euthanization going on, right? And we know that. I mean, we're pretty sure that that's what's going on. There's a lot of euthanization, right? Especially of the elders. But he said to his wife, as, the, uh, as 2021 was coming in, he was talking to his wife and he said, you know what? I bet you there's going to be a spike in so-called COVID deaths as we come into this new year, as their jab rolls out. Lo and behold, as the jab rolled out, there was a spike in deaths, a dramatic spike in deaths. And, you know, he, he just says that, and this went on for months before he even spoke out. I think, I believe he started speaking out about July of 2020. Like, I can't believe that was just a few months ago. In December, I mean, July 2020, this was, you know, <laughs> five months ago. Seems like so long. But he started speaking out and he started explaining his perspective, just giving his perspective. And, you know, I have no reason to disbelieve what the man says. He was saying that they saw the spike at the beginning of the year. They came back January 6th, I believe, January 2nd or January 6th from Christmas. And they saw the spike. And it was directly, in his opinion, in his observation, directly related to people who had received the jab. He asked the families about that. And this is what they tell him. So eventually he finally started speaking out about it. You know, his, his colleagues, his fellow colleagues, people, other undertakers who were in the field don't want to speak on it. And, and, you know, you're hearing a lot about, you're hearing a lot of that, especially from doctors, medical professionals, people who are seeing things, but they don't want to speak on it. Every now and then I get to speak to a doctor or a nurse about what's going on and they're extremely hesitant. Like, you know, this is one thing, folks. You, you have to, when you're speaking to people, especially people in positions that actually have information, you have to learn how to talk to them so that they don't, you know, so that you're not completely pressing them for information, but that you can gain something or gain the information that you're looking for. There's an art to it. And I'm still learning this art. But I am able to engage in these dialogues with people. Like I was speaking with one doctor in New York City. And this doctor was explaining to me, you know, when I started to, you know, ask questions about the drugs that they're using, about the remdesivir and about, you know, the ivermectin and whatnot. This doctor is still kind of fresh in the field. And this doctor was saying, well, you know, it's kind of. It interests me why we're not using these things and why we're using a drug that basically, you know, you would think that she said that we're throwing everything in the kitchen sink at these cases, at these cases of people who are, you know, suffering from COVID. Why would we not try something like 
ivermectin? Why would we not try something like hydroxychloroquine? I don't think we mentioned hydroxychloroquine because that one is just too too taboo at this point. But the ivermectin, why wouldn't we try something like ivermectin if we're going to try these other drugs like remdesivir, which doesn't seem to be doing anything. In some cases, it does help, according to this doctor. And, you know, I asked about the 54% uh, death rate with ivermectin. And this doctor was uh, unaware of this, you know, unaware of that. So I, I left it right there. But the conversation was had. And that's the important part. This, con- this doctor was willing to have this conversation. And I appreciate that. Now, other doctors, you know, I had another doctor when it came to this uh, this this booster shot, the doctor was all on board with the vaccine and all that shit. When it came to the booster shot, the doctor was like, you know what? Uh, basically, it's too much. I don't know what's going on. I took the shot. I took all this, but I don't know what's up with the booster shot. While I'm waiting to get my booster, you know, it doesn't make sense. Certain things didn't make sense to the doctor. And... You know, these kind of, again, this doctor was real hesitant to say anything. And I think it's because, you know, the uh, the stigma and the threat to this doctor's career and livelihood if he has this type of conversation. So I think... Um, you know, it's important to have these conversations in the end of the day. That's the bottom line, folks. It's important to have these conversations and find ways to learn, you know, and, and make sure that the people who are willing to have these conversations, like Dr. John O'Looney, he's willing to put his face out there and talk to the people about what's going on. Not everybody's willing to do that. And so you have to embrace the ones that are willing to do that. And if nothing else, take their information and run with it because it's that important. One part, just a few people. I mean, there's Dr. Christina Parks, Dr. Um, Christiane Northrup, Dr. Dr. Carrie Madde, Dr. Larry Pilevsky, Dr. Peter McCullough. Um, those are the ones I can think of off the top of my head, but look, look at what these folks are saying. You know, this, this is the thing. All the information is already out there. It's already out there, folks. The, The information that we need to know to make sense of what's going on is already out there. Hmm. I'm going to bring my little homie in here to to engage in some fuckery tonight. <laughs> Again, you know, this is this is my this is one of my one of my young bucks right here and you know, I'm not going to put you all the way on blast, buddy. <laughs> We're going to talk tonight cuz I got some topics and we're going to bring him in. We're just going to bring him in, all right? Hey, what's up? What's up, everybody? 
<laughs> peace, peace. But what you were talking about earlier, I really wanted to talk about that too, because I was literally thinking about that earlier and just like how people are communicating. Because I had a conversation earlier with uh, Hold somebody. on, pause for a second, pause for a second. Introducing Bruce, okay? Oh, yes. My Bruce, little homie yes. Bruce, co co-host for the evening. Yes. Bruce, welcome to On The Wake Up Radio, man. How you doing? Doing well, doing well. How are you, man? I'm doing great. Always good to see your face, man. <laughs> yes, man. Yes, man. It's just, when I heard you were talking earlier, I was like, I have to say, because because it's it's real. Like, with this with this vaccine and how people are how people are um how do you say how they are how they're uh they're they're pushing the agenda of it on people they're pushing the the concept of like you have to get it you have to get it and like the idea of like if you are a person that like if you someone else wants to get the vaccine and someone wants to do it, that's up to them and that, that that's cool but I realize a lot of people are not respecting the perspective of I don't trust what's happening. I don't trust. That's not enough for people. It's, well, the science says this, this says this, this says this, and you got to follow this. But yet, these are the same people that don't want to get booster shots. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, so it's, it's. Right. Yeah. So, right. So people who don't want to get booster shots because they're leery, those people are now the new anti-vaxxers. And if it hasn't been declared yet, it will be declared that those people are also unvaccinated because fully vaccinated will be to have a booster shot. shot. Exactly. So now they're back in the same category as the people who don't have it. And they I don't think they've made the connection yet. <laughs> <laughs> they, I don't think I don't think they will. I don't think because mm-hmm. in their head, in their head, they're still they still have the card. Mm-hmm. So, well, who knows how long that's going to be in effect for? There's probably going to be a little clause that says now if you get the booster, they're going to give you a little stamp on it or something like that. Something like that's it's yeah. They become the anti-vaxxers. The the the, the mm-hmm. and that's something that it's it's and bottom line is i realize a lot of people are not able to have conversations like the conversations are no longer like oh you don't want to get it i don't want to you want to get it i don't want to get it okay cool no problem no it becomes it becomes like a literal like like someone is yelling and screaming at you and it's like right well, this this goes back to, you know, what we've been talking about, the, the conversations we've been having, especially off air, the the environment that was created for this to happen. You had to have 9-11, and I hate to keep going back there, but you had to mm-hmm. have 9-11 because that shifted society altogether. After that, people were, you know, you, you couldn't have had this pandemic jump off in 2001 before 9-11. They even tried to do the pandemic with the first SARS and it just didn't work out. I mean, they couldn't have locked down the world. People would have lost their minds. People would because people were already mad at the government going right. into the year 2000 and people were more rowdy, you know. So you couldn't have done that. You had to get people scared first and have them in that perpetual state of fear that perpetual state of fear and then make children 
you know, passing on to their children and pay, whether it's the children that they already have or the children that they're made. OK, there's a young sister. Shout out to Scar Shayla. She's one of our, you know, on the wake up, uh, on the wake up uh, veterans. The sister is. I guess she's 20 years old. She's going to be 20 years old this year. And she explained to me, which blew my fucking mind, is that, you know, when 9-11 happened, she was in the womb. OK, highly intelligent young sister. You know, she is completely awake, completely aware. Dope researcher, but she's 19 right now. She'll be 20 in a few days. But those children right there, you know, they're children who were literally in the womb when this happened. And now they're 20 years old. <laughs> that says everything right there. They're 20 years old right now. And so now we have a fresh new generation of people who grew up with the fear and that's not even talking about the ones who were born after 9-11 the ones who will be 18 years old now the ones who turned 18 years old let's say in 2020 even those Forget children those, the ones that are like 15 16 i've worked I, when i was working at my Great. my summer camp they i used to talk to them and be like we're and it would be funny i'd be like damn 9-11 2001 damn i wonder where you guys were oh my god y'all weren't born you can't remember? You can't remember? <laughs> they have it's... no no concept of the world before 9-11. You know? And that blows my mind. Watch, I'm going to do the quick search. Because um, this is how we do on this show, man. I, ad hoc radio. You never know what's going to come up. And you have to be able to just, you know, jump into it. So, um, Vietnam War, right? According to this, I'm just going to Wikipedia real quick. Vietnam War ended when? 1975, right? 1975 was seven years before I was born. 1975 went, so 82, I came to this world, right? And growing up as a child, I would see Vietnam movies, not realizing that, not realizing that it was just a few years ago when I was growing up. I would see the Vietnam veterans out there all fucked up in the game. You know, there was a lot of homeless Vietnam vets. And I knew that they were closer to my parents' age, but I had no concept of what was when, really going down. Yeah. And when that was in history, you know, and it wasn't. So I remember when I was seven years old, let's say seven years old, that's 14 years away from the Vietnam War. Then another seven years old, I'm 14 years old. Now, that's 21 years from the Vietnam War, but it wasn't until I was, you know, probably in my 20s that I put it together like, oh, Vietnam wasn't that long ago. Dr. King was assassinated 1968. 1968 was 12 years, 12 years, Four, 14 years before I was born. How old since 1968 to 82? 61. <laughs> no, it's late, man. It's late. <laughs> 14. Uh, yes, yes. It's 14. Four, thank you. <laughs> I thought it was. <laughs> All right. But bottom line, that was 14 years before I was You're born. Dead. 14 years before I was born. <laughs> but all that to say that 14 years isn't that long a time. We just did 20 years from 9 11. You know what I mean? So when I was growing up, and this is the point of my, this is the point. When I was growing up, 
and I saw those videos of the hoses and all that stuff and in black and white, that black and white is deceiving because it, it had us thinking that this shit was a long time ago. This was just the other day. You know what I'm saying? And it still wasn't that long ago from where we're at right now. Yeah. But that's how that's how much you know a generation can be deceived in such a short period of time. 14 years might as well be 10 years. You know what I'm saying? Yo, and it's crazy because it's like, and it's it's like a lot of people say, you know, like what's what's a lot of time? You know, 10 years is a lot of time. 20 years is what what happened in 10 years? Imagine 20 years. What happened in 20 years? Imagine 40 years. You know, it's like you just keep like and the reason why I'm bringing it up is because I went through some me going through 9-11 right now. Like I look, I watch like mm-hmm. even old, old news reports from like the 2000s. Yo, mm-hmm. it looks ancient. It looks like it, it, it looks like, like, cause now we live in the age of flat screen TVs mm-hmm. and 4k. This is right. back in the day when you, when, when you turn on the TV and you still see the bars on yeah. the like the, the, the pixelated the yes. those you didn't have yes. a surround sound system cost you maybe like eight hundred dollars and that's mm-hmm. nothing compared to the cheap ones now that are like seventy five dollars right that like blow your ears out <laughs> right the 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 way that the the world is changing due to well not even do it just be, it's just how the world is it you're right it feels like and even like the way you felt about Vietnam, I've always felt about 9-11 because mm-hmm. as I said, we talk about it all the time. My how how I came to the understanding of like, oh mm-hmm. shit, that's what that day was. And it's crazy because it's like if you speak to other people my age, we all kind of have the same thing. Like we didn't really understand at the at the age of like eight or nine the idea of the Homeland Security Act and what it actually right. means to to our nation and then on top of that i always talk about even like airport security i don't know what airport security is like before 9-11 right now right and you know <laughs> even with you know mon dukes like there was a time when you could literally go all the way to the gate and see people off and wave to the plane as they're flying off and then leave the airport now it's like some motherfucking you know their what I'm dogs saying? at their dogs at the at the at the door entrance. I remember the first time I really saw dogs in the airport. I probably had some weed on me too. <laughs> this was but back that's not in. What they were looking for? No, it wasn't. But I didn't care because they were dogs. Yeah. So I touched down in a particular airport, and you know I probably had a little something in my pocket. And I came out, it was Atlanta, okay? This is Atlanta back in like 06, 07 or something like that, you know? And I touched down, and this was the first time I'd been in Atlanta since like 02. And when I came down there, it was like police state, militarized fuck. Like, I came down yeah. there to the airport, and I saw like the cop. Like, you know how you see like kind of the, the DHS cops now with the military gear? You, you still weren't seeing a lot of that in New York. You were seeing a little bit. But in Atlanta, boy, yo, as soon as you got to the airport, you saw that motherfucker with the dog. I was just like, yo, son, that shit blew my mind because that was new to me. You know, that was new to me. 
and it, it still hadn't become that normalized. We were still, you know, this was five years, five, six years after 9-11. So take some adjustment to that. And just the fact that, yo, I mean, come on. Like, I think about like 59th Street now. 59th Street, Columbus. Oh, ridiculous. Yo, it's regular to see motherfuckers come out there with the flak jackets and the little round helmets and the big ass guns just patrolling through there, just coming out of a door. Like, oh, shit, yo. Like, <laughs> even the, uh, even like the Staten Island Ferry. Like, mm. their dogs, like, like, if you, if you have a big bag, it is law for them to come up to you and be like, hey, we want our dog to sniff your bag. Like that's that's like law. So you see, and and that's and that's the thing with New York, where New York is one of those beta test states, especially New York City and beta test city, where they will experiment with the totalitarian stuff. And if it flies here, then they'll bring it to other places. Look at this vaccine mandate right now. In New I was York just City. about to say that. You already know, man. Look at the vaccine mandate right now. This shit is unconstitutional. It is, you know, and, I, and and we don't need to go further than that. It's unconstitutional. And because, again, out of fear, people are willing to give up their rights. So these motherfuckers, this cocksucker, Bill de Blasio, and you don't have to speak on this guy if you don't want to. You know what I'm saying? Because you're still young. You got a lot of life ahead of you. <laughs> you don't need to speak on this cocksucker. But that's what he is. He's a piece of shit. You know what I'm saying? He's a tyrant. I used to talk about, what is this guy's name? Darth Bloomberg. Michael Bloomberg. Darth Bloomberg. He was a tyrant. You know what I'm saying? These people, for whatever reason, tend to have tyrannical tendencies. Darth Bloomberg. Darth Cuomo. Darth de Blasio. Okay? These are people who have tyrannical tendencies. And... It's one thing when you see them, like you look at, you know, Michael Bloomberg, he looks like a mild mannered cuckold, you know, but yeah, mm-hmm. he, he looks like it. But then when you see him, that motherfucker's ill. And like, and you haven't heard much from him since this whole pandemic started, but this guy is spearheading the, the contact tracing effort, putting money behind that. You got to watch motherfuckers like that. He popped his little head up to run for president, then popped it back down, went back into his dumbs facility. You know what a dumb facility is? Dumb facility, no. D-U-M-B. See, because I might throw some shit around that you don't know. Dumb facility, deep underground military base. So let me drop some shit on you that you may or may not know. Stop. Oh. So there are these military bases all over this country, all over the world, really. But, you know, a couple of them are, you know, some of them are miles under the ground, but they are connected by a network of highways, like five, six, seven, ten lane highways on some shit. You can fit full trucks like and it's, it's, some of them are, you know, secret bases. You got the secret bases, but then you have literally a network of highways that regular trucks can use to drive from, you know, thousands of miles from here to there. Like there's one that goes from. You know, somewhere, I can't remember where, but there's different entrance points. Like you can enter someplace in, you know, in New York and then drive underground all the way up to Canada. And so there are these highways, literal highways underneath the country right now. There's a place called Mount Weather. Mount Weather. Uh, I could pull this article up, but, you know, you're going to have to take my word for it until you read the article yourself. There's a place called Mount Weather 
when 9-11 happened, yo, when 9-11 happened, there were news reports and articles that came out that said the shadow government has been enacted. And you said, what the fuck is the shadow government? This is like mainstream media, right? Basically, when the, the attacks came, uh, George Bush Jr. enacted the... Um, uh, what do you call it? He activated the shadow government. The shadow government is a government that's in a place like Mount Weather. And in the event that there is an attack on the seat of, the, of government, basically they go into power. So you have shadow president, shadow vice president, shadow cabinet, shadow Congress. Everything that's needed to run a government is there. But these are people who are unelected officials that we've never seen. We're not allowed to know who they are, but they are there. And just as the government is doing their day-to-day -day work, the shadow government is doing their day-to-day -day work. This is the thing that actually exists right now. As far as I know, the shadow government was never told, hey, guys, you can sit out. You know, <laughs> it's just we've been in a state of emergency since. Now, are they calling the shots? I don't know. I don't know anything about that. I don't know if they're calling the shots. I'm just saying they exist. <laughs> There's all these conspiratorial words and names for these type of people. And I think one of the things is, um, one of the things is we, we got to get out of like the kind of, okay. Cause there's conspiracies and there's conspiracy theories, right? There are mm -hmm. theories about conspiracies. There's theories. Okay. I'll tell you one of my personal theories, a theory that I have that there may be reptilians. Can I prove it? I can't, but I never seen a reptilian. I've seen a lot of shit that would indicate there's reptilians, but I don't know. That's a theory. Conspiracy. What's your, what's your definition of reptilian? Reptilian. Um, humanoid reptilians that drink blood. Oh. Like, like, okay. Okay. Like the shit in V. Or the things in Jupiter Ascending. Or the okay. things in, in, you know, all these different movies that show reptilians. Or all the different statues across the world. Okay. You know, that's a theory, but there's plenty of conspiracies, a real conspiracy. Did you check out the, um, the things that I sent you, the text messages that I sent you about the journalists? Oh, the, Michael Hastings. Michael Hastings. <laughs> Hastings Michael, Michael. Yeah, Hastings. He's, he's a badass journalist. Michael Hastings was, he, they got him a few years ago. But then another one I sent you was on... Gary Webb. Gary Webb is the guy back in the 90s. He, he wrote uh, Dark Alliance. And Dark Alliance let us know definitively that the government was responsible for bringing crack to the black community. Creating it. Um, he talked about the, the connection between the Contras in Nicaragua and the the selling of cocaine in order to fund their war against the Sandinista government because the Contras were more a right-wing organization, guerrilla movement. That, that was in an interview, right? Yeah, there's lots of interviews. Yeah. Yeah, I saw someone, I saw someone, I saw a, a clip of that, of someone, it was like an old show. It was like an old talk show. And Watch your mouth, my friend, okay? It wasn't that old. <laughs> <laughs> you said you know talk show. It was from back in the nineties. <laughs> it was the guy with the mustache. Yeah, and then he was saying, and then it panned right to the white woman, and to mm -hmm. like he was talking. He was like, 
yeah, the government was in, was involved with crack cocaine being sold in urban communities. Those are black communities. And then it been to a white woman's face. And she was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. right. So that was Gary Webb. Gary Webb. You know how Gary Webb died? He shot himself. He shot himself in the head twice. Yeah. Shot himself in the head twice. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, but that's the bullshit that they fed us. Okay? The one thing that super producer Cindy Ashby always says is that a lot like things happen, whether it's strange things, so-called coincidental things happen, and people don't always speak on them. And so that's why I tend to speak on things because, you know, you might be experiencing something too. Like, oh shit, yo, you're going through that too. Fuck your head up again. If you never heard of this, you ever heard of targeted individuals or gang stalking? Well, I mean, yeah, but it's probably related to like Rico and shit like that, right? No. Gang stalking? No. Gang stalking is a phenomenon. So this is, you know, one of those conspiracies that may not be a theory. I don't think it's a theory because I've speak I've spoken with a lot of targeted individuals. Gang stalking is a is a worldwide phenomenon that occurs when you have individuals who are chosen for whatever reason. They say, okay, we're going to target this person. We're going to target them with electronic warfare. We're going to try. And and like when I say electronic warfare, on the mild end, which isn't mild, they might just have, you know, um, voices beamed into their heads. There's this technology. It's called V2K technology. This isn't something, again, it's not a theory. This actually exists. It's a form of psychological warfare. One of the first instances that we hear about this being used was in the first Gulf War. You could look this up. The first Gulf War, they said that the U.S. rolled in and um, the, the U.S. rolled in and Saddam Hussein's army just threw their guns down and threw up their white flags and ran out of their, tr- their trenches. And some of them were mowed down when they did that. You know, they were bulldozed over and buried in there. But that's a whole other thing. That's not what we're talking about. <laughs> they they came out and they threw up their white flags when we were told that they were going to possibly be formidable enemies. But you know what happened? These men in these trenches, they all in their heads heard the voice of Allah telling them to throw down their weapons. Okay? Telling them to throw down their weapons. He said, how are we all hearing this? It's not like they heard it with their ears. They heard it in their mind, right. in their head. The way that the V2K technology works, can't remember. It's, is it the, um, the Frey effect? I think is what they call it, the Frey effect, where basically if you, um, you heat up, the, it's like a certain thing where they can send signals to someone's brain and they can cause part of the brain or the ear or something to expand the or the 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 moisture in the head to expand to a certain point where you can bounce signals off the inner ear and bounce them off the parts of the skull so that you can actually hear the voice inside of your head. Okay. Yo, that's wild. Yeah. This is a real thing that happens. So you have people out there who, you know, they say, Oh, Oh, he heard voices in his head. 
Well, the motherfucker really did hear voices in his head. Not everyone who hears voices in their head is schizophrenic, okay? This is technology that really exists. And it's been they've been testing it out on people for at least a few decades now. Gang stalking. And they they love to target holistic doctors. Tony Tone said holistic doctors, that's right. You even hear about it. There's a lot of um women, especially black women successful black women and these are women who maybe kind of buck the system a little bit you know they they don't go along to get along they might be at the cutting edge or the forefront of certain types of technology they like to go after especially melanated women who have advanced degrees phds who may not be you know they may not be so mainstream with their thoughts and ideologies they like to test it on these type of people so gang stalking that's a conspiracy that's not a theory now again you can take my word on it or you could look into the shit but it actually exists and i've at this point i've interviewed several people who have been gang stalked and i know a few people personally who are being who have been gang stalked in their life and this shit is real and when i was introduced to it these people would tell me that you know this and that is going on with me and you know they they but they'd be real scared to go all the way into it so I couldn't get the full picture. And, you know, they would tell me, and I, oh, man, that's crazy. But then when I started, I decided when I was out in Cali, I was like, let me just look into the gang stalking. Because I had been hearing about it for years at that point. But I didn't put two and two together, right? And I started looking at some stuff and reading things and watching videos about gang stalking. And it was like a light went off, like, holy shit, this is what these people were telling me about. This is what they're experiencing. And both in the the few people that I know, that I personally know, they're actually big into technology, you know, like cutting edge type technology stuff. Humbly, quietly, but they just, their minds work a little bit differently, you know? That's when I really learned about it. So, you know, that's, that's a, a conspiracy that's not a theory. And so that all that to say, we need to be able to um, distinguish between conspiracies and conspiracy theories, right? What does this person say? They use microphone amplified with a certain magnetic pulse. That's what Tony Tone 8 said. That's right, Tony Tone 8. You know, y'all can look up V2K technology, aka Voice of God technology. Someone that you can look up is Dr. Um, is it Robert Duncan. Damn, I can't remember this guy's name. Dr. Dr. Robert Duncan. I think that's his first name, Robert. Duncan, though. But Dr. Duncan, D-U-N-C-A-N, he actually helped to develop this technology and perfect it a little bit. And he's trained people. And so the gang stalking, I mean, it involves former military gangs, like actual gang members are given this technology, uh, people with criminal records. It's like a whole hodgepodge of just strange characters. And it's not all veterans by any means. It's not all gang members. It's not all people with records, but there's a whole network. Okay. I'll give you an example. Cause this shit is real. One of my gangs, one of my people, my targeted individuals explained it to me like this. He said that he believes there could be, you know, 100 operatives in any given area at any given time. And they do this thing, um, they call it leapfrog, right? 
where there's a whole app that they use that they have access to. And someone's face will come up on it and they say, okay, this person is to be gang stalked, right? This person, they probably got a little, you know, geo tracker thing on their thing and say, okay, this person is coming into your AO. All right, boom, you're activated. You could, you could follow this person. You could say certain things. You can yell things out, whatever it is. And then you might be you and three other people that you know or don't know who are just kind of, you know, fucking with this person because it's not that they're going to do anything physically to this person. They want this person to do something to themselves. They ultimately, what Dr. Duncan says is that they want to drive this person ultimately to do something that they would never do and ultimately kill themselves. Not to be killed by some operative, but to kill themselves. Okay. So if you know something like, and they want to isolate this person and the more isolated this person becomes. So let's say this person, individual, doesn't know that gang stalking exists. And so, but they just see this weird shit because they got a thing called street theater that they do where, you know, it'll be fireside or what do you call it? Sirens and this and that. And people saying things, you know, someone may walk past you saying a piece of a conversation that you spoke with your friend on the phone earlier and freaking people out, right? So this person says, fuck that. I'm going to isolate myself and not go outside anymore. Just stay away from people. They get they isolate themselves and now they can step up the level of gang stalking, right? So for targeted individuals, if someone thinks they're being targeted, then they can't isolate themselves. They have to go out and about. They have to be out. They have to be fearless because once they isolate themselves, then the next levels of gang stalking start, Okay. There are so many mass shooters and, and people who have been in these weird ass situations that you it will make you think if you know about gang stalking, you might think that they were being gang stalked. Aaron Alexis is one of them. He's the one that shot up the Navy Yard. That motherfucker was hearing voices in his head and he wasn't crazy. He wasn't schizophrenic. I think he had even gone to the doctor to be like, hey, doc, I might be schizophrenic. And the doc's like, nah, you're not schizophrenic. You know, Aaron Alexic was one of the big ones. He's a brother too. He's one of the big ones because on his shot on his shotgun, he said, "This is my ELF weapon." He carved it in ELF weapon. And when I saw that, when I heard that in the news, I said, "Oh shit, they're really letting that out." You know what an ELF weapon is, Jabari? ELF weapon, extra low frequency. That's what it is. ELF weapon. And so for people who are aware of this technology, right, people who are aware of this technology, when we saw that, we said, oh, shit, they're telling us something right now, right? This dude might have been a targeted individual. That's just what it is, you know? There's something that you could look up. Here's something for you, for my people. <laughs> Here's something. Um, oh, yeah, right, right. Tony Tone 8, uh, good point, right. So thank you, Tony. So there are cases, this is creepy shit, right? There are cases where these gang stalkers, they will go into people's homes when they're at work or when they're not there. And they'll move things around or, you know, they'll do something subtle so that people know that they were there. 
And it, you know, it's the most unsettling feeling to know that your home was violated and there was nothing that you could do about it. There's a lady, oh man, rest in power. What's this lady's name? Damn, Brandy Vaughn. Brandy Vaughn, rest in power. She just died last year, 2020. Brandy Vaughn was a former, I think she worked for Merck. Merck or Pfizer back in the day. And hold on, let me see. I just want to check who created the drug Biox. Merck, yeah, she worked for Merck. And she was a salesperson for Merck. And she was, you know, selling Vioxx. And I guess, you know, when she learned that Vioxx was actually killing people, that it was no good, all that type of stuff, she left the company, right? So at some point, years then, she learned, you know, that that vaccines were causing autism in children and all this other shit. That's a whole other topic right there. But there's plenty of research to back that up. So she learned that this was happening. And then at some point, she became an outspoken advocate. She was like, look... I worked for this company. I worked for these type of companies. I know what they do and I know how they operate, okay? She was outspoken for a while. As we came into this pandemic, she was very outspoken and she did a video and she let us know. She said, look, uh, something's going on right now. I'm being stalked. Um, after she did, it was, and it specifically started after she, um, there was some rally in Sacramento, the capital of California, that's where she lived in Cali. And she was like, look, you know, basically, basically whatever's coming is bullshit. Watch out for these vaccines, blah, 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 whatever it is, you know. She became outspoken as an insider. Brandy Vaughn, she said that when she got back from there, I think her home had been broken into or whatever key. She had a key that was hidden like somewhere out in the back, somewhere mm. obscure that no one would know it was there. And that key was like sitting on her front doorstep. You know, it was something weird like that. Like something that like, wait, like how do these motherfuckers know? Oh yeah, I think it was under a rabbit or something like that. Like out in the back to the point where someone had to, would have had to been watching her put it there at some obscure time to know that it was there, right? She caught a security system and somehow I think one of her friends was a, was a, a security specialist because someone had been in her home. Security specialist said that someone had disarmed the security system, come into her home, walked around because you could see the motion detector showed that someone was walking around, then came and I think rearmed the security system. Sophisticated shit. Excuse me. She explained that she had a hard drive or something, a computer or a hard drive that was stashed away somewhere with important information on it. And this computer or the hard drive was like left somewhere obvious to let her know. Yeah, hey, motherfucker, we can touch you at any time, you know? Brandy Vaughn, weeks or months later, ended up dead, you know? She ended up dead. I think her, her eight-year-old son found her on the floor or something like that. This is wild shit. This just happened, you know? This just happened last year. You know what's so fucked up? You know what made me, you know what I just thought about when you when you just said that, the last part of the situation? Remember that Dave Chappelle thing when he was saying, uh, we're going to break into this person's house. Oh, my God. The pictures of them on the wall. Dad, oh, yeah, right. All right. Let's go sprinkle some crack on them. Exactly. Sprinkle some crack on them and let's get out of here. All right. 
pictures of his family all over the walls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Real shit. Crazy. That shit is crazy. Rest in power, Brandy Vaughn, you know? Um, there's this act. It's an act that was never passed. Um, but it was introduced by Dennis Krasinich in 2001. Space Preservation Act. There we go. Yo, my memory works. I got a wild memory. You know what I mean? It takes Sometimes it takes a minute for things to come. Mm -hmm. The Space Preservation Act. That's something for people to look up. The Space Preservation Act, 2001. And the Space Preservation Act, it talks about chemtrails, directed energy weapons, um, silent weapons, non-lethal weapons, all these things that have been relegated to the realm of so-called conspiracy theory. He put it in here and said, hey, we shouldn't be using these things. We shouldn't be promoting these things in the first place. He put it on record. See, when, when people do look it up, see how many of your Congress members supported the Space Preservation Act. You might be surprised. And if you've been paying attention to this show, then you won't be surprised at all. Mm -hmm. Space Preservation Act, you can find it on congress.gov. Okay. I remember when Obama, he had one, he had one, one, uh, he had a press conference. Well, not a press conference. That's a, well, it's, it was a, it was a, a speech that he was giving. And he was basically, he was saying, we have these suits that can fly really, we can go really well, we can go to space. And he said, basically, we're building Iron Man. Iron Man is a human, is, is a human weapon. Oh, shit. Okay, so folks, <clears throat> <laughs> we're going to play this. Um, ladies and gentlemen, if you are not listening on onthewakeupradio.com, you're going to miss this. You will only hear this on onthewakeupradio.com. We're building Iron Man. Researchers who invent some of the most advanced metals on the planet, designers who are modeling prototypes in the digital cloud, folks from the Pentagon who help to support their work. Uh, basically, I'm here to announce that we're building Iron Man. I'm going to blast off in a second. We've been, this has been a secret project we've been working on for a long time. Uh, <laughs> not really. Maybe. It's classified. Yo, if you look at, like, if you ever have seen Iron Man, like, I don't know how big you are in superheroes, but I know you know Iron mm -hmm. Man. I know you yep. know the capabilities of an Iron Man suit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, there's a Russian. His name is Alex. They call him Alex Lab. There's a guy like my age. He's probably between our age. Who knows? Young guy. Stan Meyer, he created this technology called the water, water fuel cell. And the water fuel cell basically... There's videos of this guy, you know, going back to the 90s, 80s and 90s. And I remember him because this was like a, a kind of a big news story, but not really that big. But. Oh, yeah, I remember by. learning about him. You remember what? Learning about him. 
Okay, so you heard about him. He created the engine that runs off of water. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what they wanted to put in cars for a little bit. But then, right, <laughs> right. And he he was supposed to get a contract with the Pentagon and everything. So what happened was something happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that should be that should be a slogan. <laughs> what happened was. Something happened. <laughs> Something happened because my man, he was at, you know, he was at some meal. I think it was with some Belgians. I can't remember what country they were from. And his brother was there too, I believe. And he's in a meeting with these cats. And it's about, you know, about whatever they're talking about, about his thing. I think they wanted to give him some money maybe. And he jumped up from the table, ran to the parking lot and said, I've been poisoned. They poisoned me. And he dropped dead. Stand my arrest in power. The hydrogen fuel cell, the water fuel cell that he created, you he can drive two thousand plus miles off of 20, 22 gallons of water. Water, two thousand miles, and he he breaks down. The patents are out there now. Patents are available to anybody who has the know how to do it. It's not that difficult to create the technology. You can drive 2,000 miles off it. And what it did was it it separates, you would understand this because you're a science man, it separates the hydrogen and the oxygen molecules from each other. I can't remember what the device is called. And again, this is something that someone could make, literally make in their home. A defibrillator? Is that what it is? Something like that. You're close to it. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's, it's something that separates... Yes. It, well, not not. It's some I know. It's, it separates. It separates the uh, the the elements. And I know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Exactly. I can send you a video. I actually posted a video of someone making one, and I suggest people learn how to make this technology. Very easy. You can do it with a lithium ion battery, a PVC pipe, and a couple screws and a wire, a couple mm-hmm. wires, literally in some water. It's so fucking easy. <laughs> so then, let me let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. If he was still alive, do you think that the wars in in Iraq would have happened? Um, that's a good question. Um, I don't know because oil definitely would not be as people wouldn't kill over oil if you can do the same thing with water. So, this is the thing, right? Because what we saw in Iraq. That was like, yeah, it was about oil, but I believe that's what, that was also for people more like us to say, oh, this is just about oil. But I don't really think it was about oil necessarily, you know? Mm. I think that was just part of it because there were other things like, one, George Bush Jr. had a vendetta against Saddam Hussein, period. He tried to kill my daddy, you son of a bitch. (laughs) That type of shit. Mm -hmm. You know? Uh, His father wasn't able to successfully invade Iraq. Yes, he has those oil fields, but peep game, because there's a CIA whistleblower named Susan Lindauer. She was under a 10-year gag order after 9-11. She was explaining to us that 
prior to 9-11, one, you know how they said the weapons of mass destruction and all that. Saddam yeah. has weapons of mass destruction. They also said that Saddam was involved in 9-11. Had nothing to do with it. But Iraq was ready to drop the dollar for one thing. They're ready to start trading oil in euros, which means that they were cutting the U.S. out of the deal. U.S. wouldn't have gotten nothing from that, right? As long as they're using dollars, that means U.S. still has a stake in it, the petrodollar. I'm back on the IG, by the way. Oh, okay. Just to stay in the U.S.'s good graces, according to Susan Lindauer, Iraq was prepared to, oh yeah, Iraq was ready to turn over anybody that was involved in terrorism because they didn't fuck with Islamic extremism at all. Saddam didn't like that shit at all. He's a, he's a secularist. It, this, the Iraq was prepared to buy millions of dollars worth of American-made automobiles. Iraq was prepared to buy millions of dollars worth of medical supplies from the U.S. And basically only buy medical supplies and only buy vehicles from the U.S. Okay, They're ready to spend a lot of money in the U.S. They wanted to remain relevant in the Middle East. They wanted to be the hegemon or the most powerful player in the Middle East. Okay. They they were they had no good reason to participate in terrorism or any wars or anything destructive at that point. Because they wanted to be the most powerful player in that region. They're, they're going for geopolitics, okay? Mm-hmm. So when I say I don't think it was just about oil, I think oil was just a part of it. People like me were like, oh, blood for oil. You are for the oil fields. But as I became more educated on kind of what was going on in the region, it's like, oh, it's more than oil. So, so go ahead. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, do you think that the war would have taken well so you think it probably would have taken place do you think that do you think it would have been as long if it didn't have a scapegoat like if people knew the if people if people went into like if 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 around the time the value of oil was 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 lower than water do you think that people would be able to have a scapegoat for why we went to war? Because we 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 understood at least now I guess we under we understand like who was not involved in 9/11. Back then we did it. So that might have been something else that that led to it. But do you think that with uh if that fuel that water fuel uh battery was 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 like used throughout every like if that was just a thing that people use mm-hmm. and then you also got to think about it like it would take it would take con edison out of business that's wild <laughs> d- d- just right you see where your mind is going you're starting <laughs> to think about all the implications this so this guy like there was a news report and i could pull him up you know i could pull up the news report there was a news report about Stan Meyer and what his technology actually could do. And you, you see, you're asking the right questions. And see, so if y'all don't know, Bruce is a journalist, okay? 
<laughs> do what journalists are supposed to do. You're supposed to ask the questions, okay? Because and you're not supposed to just believe what someone tells you, but you know, you're supposed to ask the right questions and then take it from there. And so, right. But the implications of him, because there's some longer interviews, but I'm, I'm just looking for the news clip right now. The implications of this technology, you could have never had this technology come out. You know, you could have never had this technology become mainstream because if it becomes mainstream, then it's going to change our understanding of technology. Remember, as far as we understand, we and the propaganda we're being, uh, what do you call it, presented with, we are told that we are living in a planet with limited resources and that we have to use fossil fuels to run our machines. Every machine that runs off of oil could be run off of water. And water, sadly for the powers that be, it is not, uh, what do you call it? It, it, it's not. It's it's an inexhaustible resource. It's not a limited resource. It yeah, you water is always going to be there. It's always there's always going to be precipitation. There's always going to be that cycle. There's always going to be water. Right, right. And then there's also primary water, which is a whole other thing. Primary water. This is you know Susan Lindau, not Susan Lindauer. Deborah Tavares talks about this all the time. Primary water is water that exists at a certain level like I guess beneath the mantle in the earth if in you when you drill down for it instead of drilling a well that goes straight down you drill at a certain angle and people who deal with oil oil wells know about this stuff but if you do drill at a certain angle to get to that water you can tap this uh, unlimited source of water that exists down there fresh pure water and this water is formed because of the amount of pressure down there the hydrogen and the oxygen molecules are pushed together and form water beneath the surface so if people so there's, there's a limitless amount of water down there okay so we, we it's inexhaustible that's the bottom line with that so if you combine those type of things yes every machine that runs off a of crude or runs off of some type of fuel or some kind of combustible fuel, you could just outfit that machine to run off of water. The reason, so what I was telling you about Stan Meyer's machine, it basically takes, it, it separates the water and the hydrogen molecules. And the way it does it, I can't remember, you, you know the machine though, you know the device mm. that does it. It takes this and it takes that hydrogen vapor and it just puts it into the fuel injector. So there's never a store of hydrogen it's not like you have a tank that's filling up with hydrogen. Every time there's a fuel injection, uh, an injection with the with the piston, that that combustion that's exp that's exploding, that is a piece of hydrogen. That is a hydrogen, a certain amount of hydrogen molecules that are pushing that engine. So it's completely safe. It's not just gonna blow up on you. It's not gonna do the Hindenburg balloon and explode on you. Mm -hmm. It is completely safe. The machine does not corrode. You can use fresh water or salt water. You could piss in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just the the applications no. are crazy. <laughs> uh, if that came out, if that came out, the world would would wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking and, about everything that would just go out of business. Even when yeah. you when you're talking about um, gas stations and. and Right. 
Yes, wow. And so there's a lot of um Stan Meyer um speeches out there. <clears throat> I'm gonna play this. This is the commercial, not a commercial, this is a news report from the 1990s. What year is it? It doesn't say here, does it? Oh, speaking of commercial, I got something I want to ask you about yes, sir. after after this video. Okay, after the video? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. I'm going to run it real quick. Folks, hope you're tuning in. Can you hear this? It's a major breakthrough that will no doubt make motorists happy. And as Ralph Robinson explains, the Pentagon is also showing lots of interest in this project. Water has always been considered a precious commodity, but Stan Meyer's invention may make it even more valuable. He has developed what's called a water fuel cell. It has taken the place of his old gas tank. The water fuel cell breaks down water molecules into oxygen and hydrogen. The hydrogen is used to run his dune buggy. And I don't care if you use rainwater, well water, city water, ocean water. If you don't have any fresh water, go ahead and use snow. If you don't have any snow available to you, they use salt water because there's no adverse effect to the fuel cell. Meyer started working on this project four years ago. He's not a scientist. He isn't even a chemist. In fact, he never graduated from college. Myers was determined, he says, to design something to protect this country from oil embargoes. And we have calculated mm. that mm -hmm. if we take the dune buggy from Los Angeles to New York, we would roughly use 22 gallons of water. The Pentagon sent Lieutenant Colonel in last week to look at Meyer's invention. There's talk of possibly using it in the Star Wars defense program and to run army tanks. Myers is currently perfecting a water fuel cell for cars. It will cost about $1,500. He says it won't need any maintenance. And you won't That's it. It'll be at least two mm -hmm. years before the fuel system goes into mass production. The day it happens will be one the fuel industry hates. But it'll put a smile on the face of those who've had to say at one time or another, fill her up. I'm Ralph Robinson. As you can see, many patents have already been received and many more are forthcoming. To date, over 42 patents have been applied for. Yeah. So, rest in power, Stan Meyer. Okay? That's wild. It's insane. And In mm -hmm. Go ahead. So, so what, what was your question? I don't want you to forget it. What do you think about this? Mind you, this is playing on national television during a football game. Mm -hmm. At a time when things are most uncertain, we turn to the most certain thing there is, science. Science can overcome diseases, create cures, and yes, beat pandemics. It has before, it will again. Because when it's faced with a new opponent, it doesn't back down. It revs up, asking questions till it finds what it's looking for. That's the power of science. So we're taking our science and unleashing it. Our research, experts, and resources. All in an effort to advance potential therapies and vaccines. Other companies and academic institutions are doing the same. The entire global scientific community is working together to beat this thing. And we're using science to help make it happen. Because when science wins, we all win. Oh, shit. Okay. So, what is your opinion? First of all, before you say, is that the first time that you're seeing that? Yeah. Okay, so what is your, what is your raw opinion? My raw opinion? I mean, you know, it's some feel-good shit. It's 
it's it, but it's it's a propaganda and it's a commercial you know it's uh it's an advertisement for this company um pro propaganda now my thing i don't have a problem with propaganda because i understand what it is propaganda is you know it and it, propaganda doesn't always have to be untrue but it's information when it's being used towards, you know, some kind of social or political aim. There's a purpose mm -hmm. for it. And so that's what I mean. That's propaganda. Because, they, you know, they want people to, to trust in them. And, you know, that's what I feel about it. Right. You know, that's 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 one of one of one of the things that, that I was thinking about, you know, obviously it's propaganda. And once again, you want to take the vaccine, you could do. Mm -hmm. That's that's. A commercial should not, should not persuade you. What, <clears throat> what, 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 um, what drew my attention was the idea of advertisement. So, in advertisement, whenever something is being played or something is being put out there, money is being transferred, unless it's government funded, which that's not. Government funded commercials are like NYC uh, commercials, like things, things like 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 those type of commercials. Right. When it comes to companies, for them to have a commercial during a national football game, and unfortunately, it was my damn giant, so that made it even worse. But mm -hmm. to have that during uh, on national television. This is now starting to get, there's starting to be financial implications in this vaccine. Mm -hmm. That's that's what I'm starting to grasp from it. Like, oh, shoot, now they're running advertisements for this? Right. Now, peep game. Did they once mention the vaccine? Wow. No. They, they didn't mention it, did they? So... There is um Pfizer whistleblower, if you'll call her. She worked for Pfizer at one point. She's a medical device expert that worked for Pfizer. Her name is Karen Kingston. Folks, you should definitely look her up. Karen Kingston. There are plenty of interviews on her. And she has gone through the details of the patents. You know, she she's the one that deals like she's kind of the liaison between the scientists and the lawyers and all that stuff to make sure everybody's stuff is in line when products come out. Safety, all that stuff, right? Karen Kingston, she says that, what did she say? She said that um, until all the trials are done and until this thing is really like a properly approved product with all the safety things under their belt, they cannot advertise it. She said if they had everything in line, you would see advertisements all over the TV. This is according to Karen Kingston. But have you actually seen Pfizer do an advertisement for their product? Define what what is an advertisement for a your commercial? Product? A commercial for no, no, no. and I, I th 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 there's a, there's a specific reason why I asked you this. Mm -hmm. What in the commercial defines you advertising your product? Let's say they're they're um. What are they calling their product? What are they calling it? Cormanti or whatever the hell they're calling it. Have you seen an advertisement for Cormanti? I can't remember the name of the shit. What Cormantel. 
the 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 five the excuse me the Pfizer vaccine. I just hear them call it the Pfizer vaccine, or take yeah, the Pfizer. It actually has a name though. Um, Pfizer. Let me see. So what you're saying constitutes advertising a product in a commercial? Is you saying the 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 product? Yeah, Comirnaty. C O M I R N A T Y. That's the name of it. Comirnaty. Okay. So have you seen? Because you've seen pharmaceutical advertisements, right? Yeah. Okay. Take you know. Take uh, take Cialis. Uh, you may experience an okay. erection for more than four hours. If you have blurry vision or something, 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 immediately call the doctor. You remember, you know oh, those side effects, yeah. Right. The the commercial, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Those are commercials. Those are typical drug commercials. You have not seen. I've not seen a drug commercial for Cominati yet. You watch more TV than I do. Have you seen an actual commercial put out by Pfizer for their product? Okay, no. However, I don't think that means that they are an advertising. Like, for example, mm-hmm. advertisements today suck. They mm-hmm. fucking suck. They're terrible. And the reason why they're terrible is because they're the type, like, like, I don't I don't know if you've ever seen this Apple commercial. But it's this little girl. She she it's it's during this it's during the winter, right? Yes, with the bike and snowman. everything. Yeah, has snow- nothing to do with iPhone. Has nothing to do with it. Nothing just to do with it. Just put just 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 put the Apple logo up there. That's an iPhone they, commercial? That's Apple. That's <laughs> Apple. I didn't know what that was. You didn't know that? That's an Apple logo. I didn't know. I didn't know what the commercial was. Exactly. You don't even know what they're what they're <laughs> advertising. They just but they put no, but because at the end they put a logo of the Apple symbol. Okay, okay. And you said right, but you would never even know it. Beer commercials don't ever do that. You seen the one with the damn horse and Budweiser? Like, no. like it's it, yeah, they're terrible, terrible, terrible. <laughs> I Point being is today, you don't need to say this is an advertisement for this, for it to be an advertisement. That's why when I see Pfizer and I see them putting the vaccines together and them opening up the cases and putting it in the, to me, that's all advertising. Because advertising Mm -hmm. today is just showing you what our company does. See, so right. So that might be their little loophole right there mm-hmm. where they can advertise for it without actually advertising for it. Because like I said, that's the first time I've seen that. And clearly it's showing that that's the type of work that they're doing. But you can easily yeah. say, oh, this is for some kind of medication. They didn't right. say the actual name of the product mm-hmm. like pharmaceutical companies tend to do. Because once they have a product out there that's approved by the FDA and all that, all the safety trials have been done. Now, they let you know the name of it and they pound that into your head. How do I know the name of any pharmaceutical? Because I see it, I've seen it on the news. You know what I mean? I've seen commercials for it. That's how I know mm-hmm. the name of any. Ask your doctor about Cialis. Ask your doctor about whatever the fuck. What's the other one? <laughs> Never mind. It doesn't matter. Well, but are they, like, and here's another thing. It's like, are they... It's, it's a difference between, and this, this is another thing, those drugs 
are like, ask your doctor about this. Ask mm-hmm. your doctor. It's different now. It's you need to get this. Mm. That's kind of the difference between the those typical drug, because they're even though they're, they're naming the side effects, they're giving you the option to take it or not. They're mm-hmm. saying, eh, you could do it or not. No, this is, you want this to go away, this is where you have to go. Right. Well, right, it's a different dynamic. I, I really, um, you know, people should go check out Karen Kingston when they get a chance to mm. see what she talks about because she's one of those people, you know, I think it was last week you and I were talking about journalists, right? Yeah. And there are a lot of people who have kind of stepped into the role of journalists maybe by default just because they're able to do research and present the information to the people. She's one of those people. Karen Kingston, ladies and gentlemen, check her out because she can explain this stuff way better than I can explain it. But there is, even though what you're talking about, right, This because that was clearly an advertisement for Pfizer. Clearly an advertisement for what they do and encouraging people to go get the shot that's being created by them at the same but time. It's not, it's not specific enough. It's not specific enough. And that's the point. It's, it's a loophole right there where, because I haven't seen a Pfizer commercial in how long. That's the first one that I've seen really since this whole thing started. And you see the direction that they're going with it. But I mean, the, just the, the safety data there's all this stuff coming out. <laughs> Hold on. Let me see. Cause you know, I had a, there was a lot that I was going to talk about tonight, but you know how that goes, man. It just goes how it goes sometimes. And that's okay. Ad hoc radio. <laughs> Operation O'Reilly. You ever, <laughs> you know, Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> yeah, I know Bill O'Reilly. You remember him? Ah, we'll do it live. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I know remember Bill O'Reilly. I'm not that young. Do you remember that part of Bill O'Reilly, though? <laughs> He'd be so quick to talk about, you know, he's an asshole. Bottom line. We'll do a live. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> That's what we do on this show, man. Fuck it. We'll do a live. <laughs> But um, the, the Pfizer info that's come out, and I think, you know, I said this. I don't, it's, I don't need to repeat it all the way that... Pfizer put out their information, and um, as of between February 28th to 2020, between December 1st and February 28th, they had 158,893 adverse events. Oh, yeah, you told me about that. Yeah, in three months. So and This was this was through the FOIA Act, right? They didn't even put this out. Someone had to... Wow. Yeah, someone... Right, and so they're releasing... 500 pages every month, 500 pages of data. So the information is out there. You know what I mean? That's why I don't even harp too much on these things anymore. The, so the name of the, sh- the program tonight is The New Final Solution. And did you see the new James Bond movie? No, I haven't seen it. I haven't. I, I kind of stopped with 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 a lot of those movies fast and furious james bond the chain <laughs> movies i don't i don't do them no more it's okay it's okay well there was something was real- it good uh, yo Favorite. when i watch yeah when i watch movies now i don't really watch them i watch them for a little in- entertainment value but i watch them for certain key things that they're talking about because these movies oddly enough they tell us the plot of what you know so-called powers that be want to do 
Mm -hmm. Let me see. I might pull up the ad just to show you what I'm talking about for the ad that I did today. Um, yeah, I'll pull it up. Boom. You see that? Because the shit that they're talking about. So this is the thing. When I watch these movies, a lot of times the, the stuff that they talk about, like I know about. And so it's a little bit shocking when I see it in the movie. It's like, okay, that's where we're at right now. So I'm just going to pull this up. And this is why I call it the new final solution. Microscopic bio-robots that can enter your system by the slightest contact with your skin. Well, since it's DNA-based, with further modifications, yes. Families. Hey, police state. Single <laughs> variants and polymorphism that could target a range from individuals to all ethnicities. How do I get this off? Oh, you don't, you can't. Nanobots aren't just for Christmas. <laughs> Once... Heracles is in your system, it's there forever. We have more time for There have been uh, breaches around the world of databases holding DNA information. We have big plans, you know, we have big What is it? It's a simulation. Is that Gabby Union? Like an individual. No. So it's like three the hard way. Yeah, right, similar to that similar type of thing and so the technology that they're using the nanotechnology this is technology i mean we talk about this on this program all the time the nanotechnology now the thing is that the shots the vaccines that they're using it has something called hydrogel in it hydrogel and they're finding that graphene hydroxide is in it as well the hydrogel is the nano the the lipid nanoparticles self-replicating lipo lipid nanoparticles these nanoparticles this is what encapsulates these are the lipids that encapsulate the mrna so that the body doesn't completely reject it and the the hydrogel is what helps it go into the cell and then it does you know the the our mrna does what does its thing in the cell and it, you know it replicates it it creates the spike protein that or excuse me it it gives your body gives people's bodies and their cells the instructions to um create the uh spike protein that travels throughout the body now the the nanoparticles as they go into the body they go to places like the nervous system you know uh bone marrow uh all over especially the nervous system though and they kind of just hang out there and they accumulate and they self-replicate so when I saw this in the movie, I was like, damn, they're letting us know what time it is. One of the premises of this movie was there's a virus. There's, they're able to create a virus, program a virus off of a computer that you could, you know, you could spray some of it on somebody. It's not going to do anything to that person. But the person who whose DNA it was programmed to kill once they come in contact with that virus that's sprayed on somebody else, it does its thing. And in this case, it created a little hemorrhagic type of thing where people like died almost instantly. Okay. So when I saw that, I said, damn, this is the type of thing. There's a guy, a journalist named Benjamin Fulford. He talked about back in 2007, 2008. I remember this shit. This is why I tell folks like, I, I knew this shit was coming. 
you know, a lot of us knew something like this was coming. Back in 2007, 2008, Benjamin Fulford, he was the Eastern Asian bureau chief for Forbes magazine. He says, he said that basically he was informed that SARS, the first one, was a bioweapon and that a bioweapon would be used to eliminate it, a, a, a genetically specific bioweapon was going to be created to wipe out a certain portion of the Earth's population and that it would start in Asia. He said this shit in 2007, 2008. And so what we have right now, in my humblest opinion, is what Fulford was talking about more than a decade ago. Okay? And when you see movies like this, these are just letting us know what time it is. Yes, this type of technology exists. For anybody who didn't know this existed before this movie came out, now you can be like, oh, yeah, oh, it does exist. Like, yes, this shit exists. And these shots that they're giving people are performing in the same kind of way. Look, when people take PCR tests, these PCR tests also test for this gene. I can't remember. I think I might have it on my page somewhere. I'm going to pull it up right now and let you know. Because there's a certain gene that's being studied in us as well. And it's something that people should just pay attention to. Um, oh, yeah. An additional, this is the um, emergency use authorization for the PCR test, which is a whole other topic. But the panel is designed for specific detection of SARS-CoV-2. An additional primer probe set to detect the human RNA's P gene in control samples and clinical specimens is also included in the panel. Because I got a PCR test and I saw that and I said, what the human RNA's P gene? Let me just look that up. Human RNA's P gene. What is that? So, yeah, I'm not going to be, a, this is something that I'm just going to have to look into and really absorb and then come back and explain exactly what it is. All that to say, these PCR tests that people are taking is also studying to detect the human RNA's P gene. And that's something that I don't know if folks are aware is going on with these tests. Like, why do they need to study if I have the human RNA's P gene? And what are the implications of that? That goes back to the clip I just showed. There are certain things that certain markers, biomarkers that they might be looking for in people to create genetically specific pathogens or weapons. Now, this is some shit. And again, that's the, that's a theory right there. That's a theory. But we can distinguish between theories and conspiracies. We know that they are collecting people's DNA. We don't know why they're collecting people's DNA. But that's something to be noted through this whole process. Yeah. I got one for you, Bruce. Okay. <laughs> So let me see because I was just I'm gonna pull it up. Update on the Omicron variant by Heather Scobie, PhD, MPH, ACIP meeting, December 16th, 2021, from the CDC. This is from the CDC.gov. 
Now, I'm going to skip through, you know, some things. This is about an 18-page document. But I'm going to bring folks to page 8. MMWR, SARS-CoV-2 Omicron variant, United States, December 1st to 8th, 2021. Pay attention, ladies and gentlemen. As of December 8th, 43 cases with full details identified in 22 states. 33% with international travel history, also domestic travel, large public events, household transmission. 79% fully vaccinated, 32% with booster dose. Five of the 14 persons receive additional dose less than 14 days before symptoms onset. Persons with recent international travel or participation in large public events might be more likely to vaccinate it. 14% previously infected. 79% of people who are presenting with Omicron are, are vaccinated, bro. 79%. It's a war outside. Nobody's safe. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on out here? Um, no one knows. That's See, what's going on. That is an intelligent answer. Go ahead. No, it is. It's like no one, no one knows what's happening. So I'm not going to sit here and say, well, I have my personal opinions mm -hmm. on what this, this, this virus actually is. Cause I don't think, I, I don't think it's a virus. I think it's something completely different. Oh, what so, do you think it is? I think, I think is a unique it's a and it's a it's a this this is something this is a term that i'm that i made up i think it's a magnetic air pathogen wow that's some yo yo go <laughs> because it's like like all right when it comes to viruses and this is just this is just like talking basic science. This isn't going because I didn't go to school for for science. I went to school for journalism. But this is just like knowing how science works. Mm -hmm. Viruses don't mutate into greater strains. The only vi you can't the only things that do that are things like cancer and HIV. But you mm -hmm. can't catch cancer. HIV you can catch, but it's not through the air. And HIV's development doesn't happen in the air it happens within your body mm -hmm. the virus is developing strains through the air which means it is grabbing on to other things so i think those little spikes on corona's thing i think those are magnetic those are those are magnets now <laughs> what is pulling in i don't know what it is but i think that when you when you talk about like how viruses like like, if, for example, if you have the cold and what's in the, I mean, pneumonia is damn near a cold. But if you have like two separate viruses in your body, you don't get the super virus. This is act. This is not acting like a virus. This is something that 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 is able to grab onto other pieces of the air. So that's just, I don't know. It it makes sense to me. So. Hey, yo, B, that's some shit you just said right there. 
See, this, ladies and gentlemen, this is why this is the most dangerous two hours of radio, okay? If you miss that, you're going to have to listen to the replay. The magnetic. I wrote that down. See, I'm telling you, man, there's no bullshit. Like, that's the type of thinking that we need right now. Yo, because you can, you know what I'm saying? Because you, you, you're visualizing something in your mind and you're making sense of this thing with the information that you have. Mm -hmm. And something like that, you know, like a scientist is going to listen to that and a fucking light is going to go off in their head. That's that's some scary shit that you just said right there. <laughs> it is. Yeah. A magnet. He said a magnetic air pathogen. So I mean, I, I don't be I listen to so many doctors and scientists talking about this thing, and the people who I listen to aren't like the mainstream doctors. Like these are people who they don't, as far as I can see, they don't have any political objective but to just provide what the science is telling them, you know? And so like a good scientist, they'll say something like, I don't know what this is. Or we don't know why it does this and that, but we know that this and that is true. There's a guy, Dr. Byron Bridal. I think he was scared into a hole because he came out. There was a, a FOIA thing that came out of Japan where they said, oh, the uh, bio, what'd they say? The bio accumulation or the bioavailability peaks in the ovaries. Basically, the spike protein, once the shot is administered, spike protein accumulates in places like the ovaries, the spleen, kidney, lungs, heart, liver, things like that, and the bone marrow. But it specifically accumulates in the ovaries. So Byron Bridal, he said, hey, guys, it accumulates in the ovaries. And he was fucking bastardized in the news. Oh, you're an anti-vaxxer. He said, wait, but I'm a vaccinologist. They didn't give a fuck. <laughs> They went, they went, it came for his neck, son. <laughs> and so, but he's just a scientist, just, you know, just reporting on the information that came out of the foyer, okay? That made him dangerous. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you're just taking the information you're presented with. If so, if, if you or other people like you want to, you know, dive deeper into those type of thoughts, the more information that you are presented with about what's going on from that other perspective, because we can listen to the Fauci's, you know, okay, this is what's going on, Dr. Fauci. That's cool. I get Dr. Fauci's perspective. I get their perspective. You know, they are simplifying it. They're simplifying something for people that is not simple, right? I get that. Giving us the mean version of what's going on. But when you go to these other scientists and you have to listen to, you know, three hours of them talking about what's going on. And then you got to listen to another two hour video to understand, you know what I'm saying? When you start to listen to that stuff, then it starts to change your perspective. Dude, I probably put in at least a hundred or a couple hundred hours at this point of researching this stuff. So in my mind, now certain things make sense that I can articulate to the audience. But I'm not a scientist. I'm not a researcher. You know, I'm a scientist in my own right, but I'm not. A, you know, I'm not a PhD who's been doing right. this. I'm 
just a regular motherfucker who just knows how to pay attention and put certain things together. That's why I always encourage, you know, people like you and, uh, you know, you and people like you, you know, just listen to some of these scientists talk about. There's a great one, Dr. Christina Parks. Dr. Christina Parks, she's a sister. And, you know, people love the meme shit. They'll spread her video around. It's about an eight-minute video where she goes in and she talks about what's wrong with how we're how this thing is being presented to us and some of the science behind it. But then she's got a, another one, another talk that she did that's like 50 minutes long. She's got a couple of interviews that are like an hour and change long. And you start to listen to those and then you get down into the details and the nitty gritty. That's for me, that's the good shit. Because then it's like, oh, this is the science, right? This is the science right here, okay? There's yeah. no such thing as the science. There is science. And science is to be tested and questioned and, you know what I'm saying? put up to the fire and it doesn't if it doesn't hold up to the fire if it melts then it ain't science right <laughs> oh right it that's, is and go ahead nah yeah that's it's, it's yeah like when it when it comes to and and that that's one thing that i've just because and it's nothing because i've worked with kids so long i've learned to take the complicated things and break them down to simpler things. That's the way that I'm able to comprehend things. Using, and I hate to say it, but using common sense. Using like, like what we know about certain things and how things operate in this world and what science and, you know, just, I don't know. So that, that's just how I came up with that term. Just like, you know, if it it's, can't be a virus because viruses don't act like this. Like if it's a, if it looks like a snake, slithers like a snake, hisses like a snake. It's not a duck. Like like right. it, it, or if it doesn't look like a duck, if it doesn't quack, if it doesn't have flippers. Don't call it a duck. That's right. what that's what this more so is. So it's like I, I like I I always like listening to scientists. But it's I feel like scientists is similar. Like even with politics, that's how that's how I break down those two questions. Is how I break mm -hmm. down all politics. It's just those. That's the way how you're able to understand everything. So it's just like um, just what what are those two questions for the audience? Uh, who's who? Uh, it was, it's uh, who's the victim and who deserves more? Mm. Right. Yeah, those are the answer to any any pol any real political conversations. Those are the only, those are the two questions that everyone is debating. So who's the victim and who deserves more. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Go on. Please continue. So, <laughs> so yeah, nah. It's just like when it comes to things like that, like, and that's even when it comes down to like, and I really came up with this with that when it, when those during like the Trump time, when when he was running. Because everyone was going back and forth. This is right. This is wrong. This is right. This is wrong. And I was trying to explain to people like, yo, like, this is politics. There aren't any real rights or wrongs. And the reason why is because it boils down to those two questions. So basically what I'm saying is everything can be boiled down into basic things. But as you say, you have to be able to put science to the test. Because if you're not putting science to the test, those those common sense things will look like conspiracies right 
Exactly. And right, conspiracies or conspiracy theories? I'm asking you. Me personally, I don't think that there's real there's a real difference between a conspiracy and a conspiracy theory. I think that they're both a way of people saying what you're saying is bullshit. Me personally. If there's there's a there's a I feel like there are there are like I believe that I'm this not this not me saying that like I don't think conspiracies are I think they're I think conspiracies are certain are are facts that haven't been proven. I feel like those are more what a what a conspiracy is other than with because what people when people bring up conspiracy, like if like if I were to say I don't want to be vaccinated, why? Oh, you think they're gonna put a microchip in you? You think they're gonna the conspiracies? I'm not talking about that. Right, but see, this is what I'm saying, and that's why I make the distinction because what you just said right there, right? It's not a conspiracy. That's a conspiracy theory. You understand what I'm saying? Conspiracy, oh yeah. That's what I mean. Conspiracy theory is a specific term for a phenomenon, if you want to call that. But then there are actual conspiracies that are not theories and that's why on this show we distinguish all the time between mm -hmm. the two because I'm, I'm gonna let you know if, if you've never heard this before conspiracy theory that was a term that was created like in the 1950s but it really became popular 1960s after the assassination of president kennedy that anybody who questioned because they said john wilkes booth shot this motherfucker three times with his magic bullets right but there are witnesses who are like, wait, we saw something else disappeared. You know what I'm saying? Died mysteriously, things like that. Anybody who questioned that about the government, you were looked at as shit. Right. But anyone who questioned the official narrative, they labeled them conspiracy theorists mm -hmm. to basically dehumanize them and take them out of the conversation. So now anytime people look at something, and they say, hey, that doesn't look right. They say conspiracy theorist. And colloquially, the term conspiracy theorist at this point, they say, now people just say, oh, they, they, conspiracies. You believe in conspiracies. You know what I'm saying? Conspiracy theorists has been shortest to, shortened to conspiracies. And that's why on this show, we make the distinction between conspiracies and conspiracy theories. What happens when someone gets locked up for conspiracy? Is it a theory? No, it's not. Absolutely not. On, on Rico shit, right? Racketeering, yeah. it, it, whatever. Conspiracy. It, mm. Conspiracy. If a hundred motherfuckers are involved in something illegal and they get locked up, there ain't no theory. It's conspiracy, right? Right. That's what I'm saying. There's a difference between conspiracies and conspiracy theories, and we have to distinguish because people use the term conspiracy now in 2021 People use the term conspiracy as if it means conspiracy theory, and it is not the same thing. Okay, I hear that. I'll give you this perspective. Because mm -hmm. I agree with you. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, man. You know how we do. <laughs> no, no, no I, I'm gonna because I'm gonna I'm gonna give you something that kind of it kind of like piggybacks off of, and this is the reason why I don't even like I don't even like the word term conspiracy. Because if let's say, how do I phrase this correctly? So, so conspiracy is basically a, a conspiracy. Conspiracy is like 
something that you're like, wait, no, this doesn't make sense. Why? No, maybe this. Da, 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 da. That's that's in in other words, it's kind of like a basically what you're saying is a conspiracy. But wouldn't that make that if something is proven and there are conspiracies that are proven, mm-hmm. not proven, conspiracies that are proven, right? Wouldn't that make them facts? Yes. That's why I don't believe in conspiracies, theories, and this, and because a con- they're not conspiracies, they are facts. Conspiracy mm-hmm. theories is a person or an ideology that doesn't make sense. For See? example, go ahead, somebody, go ahead. Like, uh, it's like, like, you know, like, like, for example, saying, saying that. 9-11 that the government might have had something to do with 9-11 is not a conspiracy. Right. That is something that is actually proven to be potentially true. Same way how a lot of shit in history textbooks isn't conspiracies. They're potentially true. But we know that they're bullshit. There's a lot of, like, conspiracies. There are conspiracies that are facts. And a conspiracy that's a fact is not a conspiracy. It's a fact. That's basically what I'm saying. Oh, see. Okay. So, see. So, you're getting into, like, grown-up type shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's Calling what, it, what, it, <laughs> yeah, it what it is. Like, I've been in, I've been in conversations where, where I'll say something. Where I'll say something like, oh, you know, uh, this. I, I remember I was having this conversation a while ago. I was saying, "Hey, listen, COVID is one day going to turn political." This is bef- this is like during the the quarantine. This mm-hmm. is when this is when we thought when we went to quarantine, COVID was going to go away. That's when <laughs> that's that, that's around this time. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when I was saying, "Yo, this is one day become become political," everyone's like, "Well, that's a conspiracy. That's a conspiracy. That's a conspiracy. That's a cons-. but why?" We've done it before. We've done it many times. We've experimented on people before. We've used fear as a tactic to get what we want from people. Mm. We ran laws to force people to do things. Mm -hmm. You telling me this is a conspiracy because I'm not the actual one in the office, in the Oval Office doing everything with them and putting in the vaccines and doing this is not a conspiracy. It's something that's actually real. And that's why, like, and remember when we were talking back in the day, you said, oh, you asked me, well, I forgot how, I don't think you asked me, I forgot how this came up. But I basically said, this world is not ready for uh, for uh, a revolution because people still live in that conspiracy mindset. The mindset of if something doesn't look right, it can't be that I'm looking at that, I'm right. It means that there's it means that I'm not looking at something right. That's what conspiracy <laughs> means nowadays. If you see something that's fucked up and you say, hey, that looks fucked up, someone behind you is like, nah, that's a conspiracy theory. That's what is that's what it's coming down to. And when it when that the key to a revolution is looking at something and saying that's not right. If you're not able to do that, what are you fighting for? You might as well be fighting for for to, like come on. So it's like, it's, it's, that's why, that's what I mean when I'm going into like, I don't believe in the term conspiracy unless you're talking nonsense, unless you're talking like, I think 
Well, I, I, I mean, I think people who say the earth is flat are a little, yeah, but listen, I think that's more of a conspiracy theory that the earth is flat or things or like, or like, or like the geocentric theory is real. Things like that are conspiracies because there's proven things that go against what you're saying, like proven. Right. So when, yeah, go ahead. Right. So something like that now, and not, not to go all the way into the flat earth thing, you know, mm. there's certain things where they say, okay, the earth curves at a certain point, right? That's what science and measurements tells us. So what happens when the earth doesn't curve at that point? So let's say the earth, maybe it's a little bit bigger. Maybe, maybe it's a little bit bigger than we're being told. Maybe it's something else. But because of the gaps in the information, because there's certain things that do add up with it. And mind you, I'm not really a proponent of the flat earth theory. Mm-hmm. However, being a scientific mind, I got to look at what people are talking about. And there's a mm-hmm. lot of stuff in that argument that cannot be refuted by science. So that's why I just sit back and say, okay, this shit may be just a little bit different than what I understand it to be. Because I now you got to ask the questions. And that's not to go all the way into the flat earth shit. But mm-hmm. there's something to the arguments, you know? Answer those questions without calling someone a conspiracy theorist. I'm not saying for you to do it. Right. I, I, then with, with, with that, with, with, with that ideology, yeah, where does the earth bend and all this? I could say, yeah. I could, well, then again, we don't know if we actually went to space. I'm pretty sure we've been to space now. But maybe back in the day, that first moon landing was a little suspicious. It looks um, real sus. And I remember you came in as a child. Started telling me about the moon landing. I'm like, yo. <laughs> what are you talking about, me? <laughs> like, yo, like, like the, I really don't think, well, I think we've been, because I think that we have the technology now. I don't think back then we had the technology. I think that we have, we have, and I think that we have seen that we we blast off to space and seen the Earth is round. Granted, do I, okay, cool. If I don't have the proof, I'm not, that's why I'm saying, like, I'm very careful about what I'm calling people conspiracy theorists. Like, I've been in arguments, not arguments, mm-hmm. but I've been in, like, back and forth with people that say vaccines cause autism. And mm-hmm. them saying that the person who said that is now a, a, is a conspiracy theorist. But why? Why? Right. Why? Like, why is it why can't it be why can't it be and why can't it be something that oh well maybe i just gotta look maybe we just could look further into we don't and once again you don't have to agree with what i say if i say that i believe that the united states had something to do with 9-11 you don't have to go oh okay i 100 percent agree with no you can sit there and say well okay that's your opinion or that's what you feel and i feel like this okay cool but that doesn't make right. us conspiracy theorists that doesn't make that right. like, that's what I'm saying. Like the idea of what a conspiracy is is what you're saying is bullshit. That's what I hear when I hear conspiracy theories. Right, because it's a way to dismiss people and dismiss what they're actually talking about without addressing what they're the, saying. And without that's, saying that looks wrong. Yeah. And I don't respect that shit because it's it's stifling 
it's stifling conversation and discussion about real things that are going on. And, and that and that's my thing, you know, and that's why like I'll entertain a lot of stuff just so that I can learn something, you know, because okay, like the this thing that you said. Hold on. The the magnetic air pathogen. Without a conversation like this, I would have never heard something like that. And that shit blew my mind. And you know, it's hard to blow my mind. I actually meant to have this conversation with you and tell you that. I'd be like, am I tripping? Like, am I like, sometimes sometimes I got to have that conversation with you. Be like, am I tripping? Am I, am I, mm-hmm. does this make sense? Like, right. Right. You got to ask those questions. And, you know, so it's like without a conversation like this, how would something like that even come up? You know? And so that's why I, I, I'm willing to entertain. And, you know, you know, you know a lot about me. You know what I'm saying? You know a lot about yeah. the way I think and all that stuff. But there's a lot of stuff that you don't know even to this point, you know? And, and I think that's why a show like this is so great because I kind of get to let those things off my mind. Things that I've forgotten over the years are things that I don't normally think about, but add to the fuller picture. But things that make you understand a little bit more why I am the way that I am, why I think the way that I think, why I'll even let certain things into my mind just because like the shit that I've seen, the shit that I've experienced, there's, a lot of unanswered questions and there's nothing wrong with for me there's nothing with unanswered questions i i will take an i don't know over someone Ooh. giving me some kind of bullshit answer you know what i'm saying i i, I would much more respect Ooh. someone saying i don't Ooh. know than trying to make up <laughs> you know what i mean yo and that's that's another thing that like people don't really grasp today either. They don't grasp the idea of like, because people want to people want to have the answers to everything. People want to feel like they have all the answers. But the thing about it is like, like, and this is even going into like, like things about religion. A lot of people follow it because they need the answers that to questions that don't have answers. So the mm-hmm. only way to turn to is that but a lot of the unanswered questions one world will will never get the answers to them mm-hmm. and that that's the that's the thing that that's the thing that that keeps people striving for knowledge like because they like we always understand like there's more there's always more to learn in this world like there's never a point where you sit there you're like I got it, right? So, right when it when it when it comes to just like people's people's knowledge of the world, they they those unknowns really drive them to do what to do and act the way that they act mm-hmm. because they the the idea of uncertainty for for our generation is death. Hmm. What do you mean by that? Like if, like, for example, I remember when we were graduating like college, well, not even college, in high school, a lot of people, a lot of people's mentality 
is was okay. I finished high school. I'm going to college. I know what my next step is. Mm-hmm. Once we finished college, a lot of people's mentality was, holy shit, what the hell? Holy shit, what the hell? And this is, mind you, this is like, mm. this is not even when we graduate. This is like maybe like a year before we graduated college. Hmm. We're, we're, we're freaking out. We're like, we don't have, we don't, we, we don't, we're not certain about what's next. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't, I've had, I've, I've been around people that literally will sit there and I'll have conversations with them and then, and they'll be miserable because they're like, I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know what's going to happen next. The idea of uncertainty for our generation is so messed up because we're so used to instant gratification. We're used to, we're used to, there's a problem, there's something. All right, we're taking a pill and it's, it's fixed. There's a, there's a this, there's a that. Okay, it's, it's, it's fixed right now. So when things aren't fixed right now and they have to be dealt with in the that that fucks with our head because that doesn't that doesn't compute with us if you understand what i'm saying wow i do understand what you're saying and i've man thank you bro i've never heard no for real like i've never heard that perspective before you know because looking at it from a different generation mm-hmm. different age group we because we just you know looking at your generation from the outside we say Oh, you know, all they want is instant gratification, but we don't always talk about the implications of that instant gratification, which is there's a lot attached to it. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just instant gratification. It's a sense of security that you get from that instant gratification. Mm-hmm. And it's not just y'all being immature. It's for whatever reason, the way you are wired is that that gratification is somehow entwined with your sense of security and your sense of moving forward is that right yo one thing one thing that uh back in the day because you're absolutely right one thing about even like relationships like like men and women together a lot of the a lot of women i'm not talking about black men i'm talking about women in general my mm-hmm. age mm-hmm they like the idea of saying i love you is very important in a relationship even if you don't feel true love Hmm. like i've talked to certain women friends and ones i've been involved with and the words have popped up to me and even with something about another friend specifically that has this problem because of things that that has happened in the in her past, she has the need for that. I love you. You need to tell tell me I love you. Tell me I love you. Tell me I love you. Even mm-hmm. some some like some like they they really enforce that. Why? Because the I love you is that instant gratification. It's that knowledge of certainty. Okay, I am certain that this person is not going to do X, Y, and Z. But that shit is toxic. That's what I'm saying. Like that's that's extremely toxic because what happens now when you know? How, I mean, how soon is that expected in the relationship? Is that like in the first week? In the first no, month? like like well, it depends. It's not. It's not every woman's on a specific date, but 
you know, like, like I mean, once you once you start officially dating the person, like, I mean, if you two are talking, talking, it, it won't be, it, it hopefully won't be said, but um, but sometimes it has been said, so it's like, it's wild. And then when you take it a step further, of like, of like, um, going into going into like an official relationship that becomes like a landmark like you have to like like mm. it's like it's like after like two or three months with the person it should be understood like okay like <laughs> so it's not like <laughs> it won't take years no it's not it's no not no anymore. not even years but it, it, it will it, it can be unspoken and understood that people are in a relationship after that point. What do you mean? Like you said, two or three months. If you're going with someone for two or three months, y'all don't have to be like, you know, I want you to be my lady, you know, this and that. Like officially, you just be like, oh, no, that's my man. I guess it's different from for different people. Mm-hmm. But I, I say... I'd say the vast majority of relationships, if you're dealing with somebody for two to three months and that bridge hasn't been jumped, it's understood like, okay, this is just this. Or if it has been jumped, okay, this is now this. But there's like a, there's like a, there's like a strict, like one thing about our generation too, we are very like time oriented to the extent of like we feel like we don't want to waste our time even though we always do but <laughs> like for example i've had i've had i've i've had in i've had a woman tell me some crazy things before like oh we you know we don't get this doesn't happen in this amount of time i'm done and it's like it's right. it's it's that 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 instant gratification that is needed to know, like, okay, I am certain that in this amount of time, this is going to be this. I am certain that, and that's what the more so is. It's not like, it's not like people are sitting there saying, okay, it's two three months. We're at that time. What we're we doing now? No, but it's like, it's kind of like an understanding of like, okay, they're not taking me seriously, or this is something I'm taking seriously. But that's based on like that two to three months. I'm not going to hold you. So, yeah. Mm, okay. That's an interesting perspective right there. I've never heard that before. But it makes sense. It makes sense because, so the question I have, if you can answer it, answer it. But, you know, you're, what, 25 now, right? Yeah. So you may not be able to answer it. But, what does that look like in 15 years? Oh, awful. I can't say. <laughs> yeah, awful. Terrible. It's gonna look like it's gonna it's gonna look like dependency. It's gonna look it's not gonna be relationships. It's gonna be it's gonna be it's 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 gonna lead to a mentality of people that are going to be, I guess, more 
they're they're like the idea of being satisfied is not going to be there anymore. The idea of being like of saying okay, I'm good at this, and the idea of compromise is not going to be there either. No one's going to want to compromise, and wow. that's what that's what's going to kill relationships. Yeah, because that's what that's what you see now when it comes to these. When I love you, tell me, tell me you, tell me you love me, tell me you love me, for you to. Fight and argue over that already shows that you don't have uh it already shows that you don't have um what's it called? Uh you know you're not willing to compromise. If you're willing to argue about something like that, if you're not willing to let something like that happen organically, there's no there's no compromise. So, so there's not gonna be go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. I'll I'll say it in a minute. The basically there's not gonna be compromised. It's gonna lead to toxic relationships and it's gonna lead to dependency. So the reason I said that you might not be able to answer it, you answered it right from your perspective. Now I'm looking back at almost 40 years old and kind of looking at the pieces that you gave me and factoring in some of what I understand as an almost 40 year old man right now. There's certain things that you may not be thinking about because you haven't been at that stage in your life yet, right? So one thing is, and we've talked about this, the whole children thing, right? Where women get, especially women get to a certain age and then, you know, all of a sudden. Biological clock. Right, the biological clock. It may be playing the field for a little while, right? And that goes, a lot of that goes to the instructions that they're being given as young women. Oh, play the field, you know what I'm saying? Focus on your career and all this stuff. All that stuff is great and fine. What happened to telling young people, especially before, you know, when they're still, you know, high school years, hey, look, at a certain point, you should also focus on a relationship. Focus on building a connection with maybe that one person that you want to spend your life with, right? That's a different conversation. Now, people may be like, that's outdated, that's antiquated, this and that. But you have all these people my age who are single who are like, oh, I wish I had a husband. I wish I had a wife. And out there, all they know is play the field mentality. They haven't been preparing themselves to be a wife or a husband, let alone find husband or a wife and now they're in a position where they're 40 45 years old and now they want to find a wife but they all they know is going to the club or going to the bar having one night stands and not cultivating a real relationship with somebody this is the whole thing that's going on like this isn't some this isn't make-believe this is like where we're at right now we have a generation yeah. of people who have not been told yeah, hey look you know, focus on making yourself better. If you want one day to have a relationship and to be in a relationship, whether it's marriage or just a committed relationship to one person, maybe have children with one person, focus on that too. You can focus on your career and all that. But I was just watching a program on MSNBC. There was a sister, she's like, you know, I'm 35 years old, successful lawyer, all this other stuff. But then I just bought this home and I'm alone. I got no one to share it with. And I want to have children, but I better freeze my eggs. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's about fertility. Interesting thing. Mm -hmm. But nobody told this sister, and it was black women, all black women. 
Nobody told this sister, hey, sister, make sure you get yourself a husband at a young age too, you know? Make sure in your pursuit of your career and all that, that you also find someone who's suitable for you to marry or engage in that partnership to take it to the next step. That is, I'm telling you, B, that is a part of the conversation that needs to be had as well. So when I ask you that question, I'm factoring all that stuff in there too. There are certain things that you may not be thinking about from your perspective that like, where does that mindset go with that perspective too, with that added in there? I could give you, I could give you a little answer to that. And once again, you know, this is, this is, I, once again, I'm not, we're not the same age and I'm not, and I don't have the experiences of you. However, I, I do talk to older women. Mm -hmm. I am around a lot of older women. Mm -hmm. I listen to their perspectives. Mm -hmm. The reason why a lot of older women are not able to find their, or the reason why the conversation of I can't find of the, 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 the husband isn't being introduced to women is not because it's not happening. It's because it's being stated in the incorrect way. Mm. A lot of women, older women, have the idea of forcing a relationship. Mm. That is the problem. The idea of sitting there and saying, like, and also, like, I, I'll, I'll tell you something else. One thing that I look for in a woman and I look for is a woman that looks for things that are long term. Mm. And what I mean by that is, once again, not the instant gratification things, because at the end of the day, anything that's instant can be given to you in the same in that great in that great amount, but can be taken at you taken away from you twice as much. Mm. So, for example, if I pay for a woman's meal and she and we go out to eat the next day I can lose my job and I have to ask her for cab fare. <laughs> These are things that are instant, instant. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that when you're talking about a wife and husband and kids and this and that, you should be looking for the long term things. But what do women look for? Do you pay for my meal? Do you hold the door? Do you do this? Do you do that? instant things granted you could want those instant things but you're not going to find your husband chasing the instant that mm -hmm. is where the conversation gets messed up with with a lot of these women these women are having conversations talking about not really having a husband but getting but well in their head is that's finding a husband those little things right right it's not it's not the actual okay and this goes back remember uh i think it was last show or the show before we were listening to the sister uh she's, yeah, uh, she's yeah. Out and she wrote that book um the black man's guide to understanding the black woman and i told you i was reading that book i had to order another copy of it i'm gonna get you a copy of it too <clears throat> because you know she her whole thing is that and this goes really for black women like Black women, according to her, have not been examined so that we can understand them. There's a lot of stuff going on in the mind of the sisters that we're not privy to as men. And 
understanding that will help us to understand them a lot better. And part of that is, I mean, I didn't, I don't think I played it for you last time, but there's this documentary that was done probably back in the 80s, 70s or 80s. You have all these young sisters, these young mothers, you know, teenage mothers, basically. I think it was in Chicago, it was taken. And, you know, the, the, it's a white dude interviewing them. You see, going around and we're, how many of you would like to marry the fathers of your babies? And none of them raised their hands. And then you say, why not? Well, you know, I feel you don't need a man to, you don't need a man to raise a child and this and that. I don't want a man. I don't need a man. Um, what was one of them? She said, uh, you know, having a family is too hard. I already have this baby to take care of. B taking care of another person would be too much. Like, wait a minute. It would be too much for you to have another grown adult in there to take care of this child? They're being, because the, the message that they're being told about having a man, specifically a black man, is, is you know, it's a distorted message. It, it, there is it, to have two parents in a household, two productive parents or two productive parents. Let's say they're not even in the same household who are co-parenting, two productive parents who are co-parenting, who are invested in raising that child. You tell me that wouldn't be better. No. no. It's, and that's what I'm saying. Like when it comes to a lot of situations like that, when it comes to some of the some. And this is just me talking to a lot of women over the years and just uh -huh. hearing different perspectives and just like like women telling me like, oh, I don't know why I can't find a man. And I'm like, I know why you can't find a man. Like I like, you know, like everyone, <laughs> like everyone knows those type of women that are beautiful, mm -hmm. single, but they just never can, but they always they're you they, you always see them with with you always know that they're with men. You always know. Not saying that they're a hoes. But you always see them because they can they can get a man. But somehow, some way, for some reason, yo, you ever watch Girlfriends? Yes. Yo. <laughs> you I watch watched, Girlfriends? <laughs> I watch that show religiously. Yo, I take mental notes on that show. You know what's funny? That's hilarious, B. Because... When that show was on, like when it was on regularly, when it wasn't reruns, I was watching that show religiously. <laughs> you learn so much about you learn so much about, and you know what's crazy? All each one of those women represents a different black woman type, yes. you know. Yes, and that's why it's so deep. And the type of women that are gorgeous can't find are the women like Joan, the one who's Diana Ross's right. son, son, daughter. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she said son. <laughs> the conspiracy oh. theorists would love you for that one. <laughs> it gets our man, Jabari. Go ahead, go ahead. Yes. Oh Joan, my God. Talk about Joan. Yes. What about Joan? Yeah. Nah, she she uh she her one of her biggest problems is that she's not able to be satisfied. She's not able to say, or she's not able to compromise. It's like if things are not, and then when things do go well, she self sabotages them. Go. So it's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nah. Go ahead. 
Shahrazad, Sister Shahrazad Ali talks about that. She talks about, she basically breaks down black women into several different groups. And that group, Jones group is one of the groups. And like you said, unwilling to compromise. And part of that um, being unwilling to compromise is, you know, <clears throat> you have certain women who want to boss up on a dude, basically. And you, you can't have two penises in one relationship. That don't work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you got a man and a woman, a man is going to carry himself a certain way. Like men, so, and this is the thing, and people talk about, oh, you know, traditional gender roles and all this. Yo, this is a fact, and people just, you know, they can take it how they want to take it. A woman is going to be submissive to a man to a certain extent if she trusts that man to lead. That's just how it is. Doesn't mean you're the boss of her. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean that you get to tell her what to do and she got to follow your every whim. And it's not like that. But a woman who trusts a man and who values his manhood is going to be a certain level of submissive. Now, you know, in the black household, you talk to your woman, you dialogue with your woman, you listen to what your woman has to tell you, you reason with each other, you know, but she's also looking to you as a leader. She's looking at you to lead the family. She's looking at you to have a certain amount of backbone to lead the family and get everybody, you know what I'm saying? To lead you into war and get everybody out safe. That's just how it goes. So you can't have... Two bosses. Now, I shouldn't say it like that because, you know, you could be with a boss woman who's still submissive to a man to a certain extent. But you can't have a woman bucking up in your face, talking shit to you as a man. You know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll even take it a step further. Go ahead. Because I realize this about women in general when it comes to relationships and the whole feminism movement. This is why I don't believe in any of that shit. Women want two things. One of these two things out of a relationship. Mm -hmm. And neither one of them is to be equal. There's two things are they want to be submissive or they want to be in charge. Mm, okay, go ahead. They don't ever, they don't ever want to be equal. Mm. So that's where, and sometimes you have women that want to be both. You have women that want to get mad at you, bark in your face. Ah, da, 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 da. And then the moment you get loud, put her in handcuffs and do what you do. Now it's quiet. <laughs> it's like you you can't <laughs> the most dangerous hours in radio. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy because when I talk to you, I'm so toned down. So when you say wild shit, <laughs> you know me like if you hear me on the show, I'm just fucking reckless. You know what I'm saying? When yeah. I get on with you. <laughs> Go ahead, I'm yeah, bro. It's a, but it's like that's what it is. It, they, it, some, a lot of, and some women want like the concept of both. They want to be, they want to be in charge, but then they want to be a submissive at the same time. And they feel like if they could get the best of both worlds, that's equal. No, right. like, like that's that's where it's more so coming in. So yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, you know, and that's the whole thing, like jumping up in their man's face. Like, there's a certain level of respect. Like, think about, okay, you know, the whole concept of arguing with women, right? 
for the don't most part, as men, we just don't do it. You know what I mean? Like you're not gonna get, you're not gonna argue with a woman, especially not your woman. You're not gonna when she gets emotional. You're not gonna allow yourself to get emotional because you understand she's a woman. That's what women do, and that's okay. Women are allowed to be that way. You know what I'm saying? Men, we we don't have the luxury of being emotional. Oh, now I'm mad. Now I'm happy. Now I'm pissy. Now you know what I'm saying? Like no, like and, and women, you know, even if they they're going through the range of emotions, they're expressing the range of emotions they know they expect us to be consistent you know what i'm saying there's one thing that women love and a real woman even if she doesn't tell you this she will appreciate this the consistency be who you are you know and this is one thing i think a lot of men don't realize is that look if you're the dude that let's say you go to work every day after work you go to the bar with your coworker or whoever from, let's say you get off at five, from five to seven, you go out with your peoples, then you come back. And this is what you do every day. And on Friday, maybe you come home a little bit earlier because you're going to spend some time with your shorty. You know what I'm saying? And this is what you do. That's consistency. A woman would rather that than a motherfucker that they can't predict. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where you at? Oh, um, I'm, um, uh, uh, oh, baby, oh, the phone cut off. You don't hear from him for three hours. You know what I'm saying? The, mm -hmm. A woman wants consistency and a consistency, and that goes through so many levels. You know, consistency—that's consistent behavior, consistent strokes, um, consistent. You know, just consistency. <laughs> a woman yeah. will value consistency over so many things. Where dudes say, "I gotta have a certain amount of money. I gotta have a certain this and that." A real woman wants a man to be consistent. Be the motherfucker who I think you are. Let me be able to set my watch to you so that I know, so that I can relax and be submissive and be relaxed. You know what I'm saying? Not be high strung. A woman yeah. will appreciate that more. And if, if, if a woman doesn't recognize a man's consistency, if he is consistent, then she's missing out. She could be missing out on a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? Of experiences just because she's not in the proper mindset to accept a man like that. Yeah. And, you know, that's, I don't know. It's a, it's a, shoot, I've learned so much about women. And it's just, you know, even like the talks that we've had over the, over the years, Mm -hmm. It's about even previous girlfriends with me and shit like that. It's just like mm -hmm. that. I just I've just learned that that's more so. And then you know it's it's crazy when when when, and then this is like the 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 other the other part of you know relationships when it comes to women are the self sabotagers because mm. there are women that will sit there and be like I don't know if you ever heard a woman say this. But say, oh, I had to break up with him. We didn't argue enough. Yes. That's yeah. that's 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 to me, that's, that's because they need that toxic situation. They need that volatile situation. And, and if then, mm -hmm, go ahead. No, cause 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 I think about I think about that, but then it's like like I'm a person that I don't deal with toxic energy. I don't like it. 
I don't I don't like to deal with the women that like to argue in the street. That's a turn off for me. That's not happening. <laughs> like 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 I've been I've been in situations where it's been in the middle of the street and I was I was late. Mind you, this woman's late all the time for everything. Ooh. I was late seven minutes. This woman was mad at me. Mm-hmm. That 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 type of shit. I just I'm like, all right, cool. I'm sorry I'm late seven minutes. Are you happy? Like, it's a lot with women, man. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, man. Yeah. I, you know what? I feel like one day we just have to have an episode where we talk about men and women relationships and really go in because it seems like so much of our conversations kind of go to that. And, you know, it maybe even get some sisters in here too, because yeah, that's I, what I was like thinking we got to get a sister that's more your age group. And then a sister that's closer to my age or maybe even older mm-hmm. to really get that perspective because there's nothing like sitting back and listening to elders, you know, people who are older talk about, things, you know, because they're always going to bring a perspective that's just a little bit different, a little bit enhanced. And and that's something that I always appreciate. And, you know, just like you said, like, I have a lot of big sisters who have guided me through this, through my, you know, told me how to navigate. And they've told me, but they've also shown me how to navigate this. You know, I see how they are with their men or I see how they are. They tell me certain things like one of my big sisters, you know, she always told me, she said, hey, make sure you walk on the outside. You know, when you're walking with them, make sure you always walk on the outside. She said, because back in the day, because she ain't for sale. You know what I'm saying? She ain't for sale. Right. You see that look on your face? Because there was a certain point, especially you walking down, like, let's say, 42nd Street, back when 42nd Street was 42nd. <laughs> if Shorty's walking on the outside, that's how people know that she's for sale. She's a prostitute. Oh, right. Exactly. My mom is a liar. Wow. No, it's for a lot of reasons. It's, you know, stuff that goes back to Europe to what what did mom tell you? She said, because if there's a car coming by, you're quicker to get hit than her. Yes, that too. Safety issues. Yes, all that stuff. (laughs) She's not a liar. She just did, you know, maybe she didn't know or maybe she didn't tell you that part. This is a a chance she didn't know. But there are people who know that, okay, if Shorty's walking on the outside, she's for sale. She's walking with her pimp. Y'all make eye contact. You know what I'm saying? You let them know, yeah. That's why when your Shorty's walking on the inside, everybody knows she ain't for sale. You know what's so crazy? Because I just do that with with every woman that I walk with, even if it's my friend. Yeah, of course, right? Of course, if you if you're walking with a woman as a man, you gonna walk on the outside because that's just how you naturally are. For whatever reason, whether it's for protection or whatever, you know to walk on the outside. Okay, there's people that who don't know that. There's people who don't play by that rule. But so if I have a daughter or if I have a young woman in my life, you know, that someone who's just, you know, one of my young people, I'm going to let them know, listen, don't fuck with any dude <laughs> who don't walk on the outside. If this dude doesn't walk on the outside, don't mess with him. That's because that means he wasn't raised right. 
it's fucked up. But you got it. Hey, listen, you got to set a standard for the young people in your life, for the young men and young women in your life. Set a standard and just hope that they become, you know, a certain type of person that carries themselves a certain way. They don't have to be perfect, but so that they have an understanding of kind of their place. You know what I mean? Like you as a young man walking through this world, you know that you're a protector. You know, you're a voice of reason. And, and that's okay to be that. That's what you do. You know, a young lady, she's supposed to be a voice of reason. Especially if she's dealing with the man. Hey, baby, look out. She's got to be the extra set of eyes for her man. A woman is going to pick up things that a man's not going to pick up on. A woman's, what, this is what I just learned, like a woman's intuition. sense. Yeah, her intuition and her sense of danger. A woman is going to pick up on impending danger faster than a man is going to pick up on it. Because women... I believe it's because women are more vulnerable in this world. So they have to read the signs. You know, they have to hear the things and, and whatever is coming through through their senses and intuition, they're going to pick up in it or pick up on it a little faster. So that's why when you have a woman, even if she's just your friend, have someone that's on point, you know, or if you have a young woman, make sure that you're teaching her to be on point in a certain way so that she knows how to carry herself around the man keep certain men around her so that she's always protected, you know, so that they can protect each other. These are the type of things, like, just like this older sister told me and put me up on game, that's how I know to put my younger folks up on game, you know? Just like people took me under their wing, I know to take certain people under my wing. And that's how we build community. It's the social relationships and social responsibilities. We, we could go on talking about this all night, man. It's, it's about time. <laughs> you know, we, we definitely got to have, you know, a, a more in-depth conversation about this stuff, about relationships and all this, because, you know, we, we can learn a lot from each other. <clears throat> and it's good just for people to hear this dialogue because, we're in a dire time. I mean, there, there's some, I didn't even get into this last little story. This is about New York Assembly Bill A416. And, you know, I'll go into it another time, but Assembly Bill, New York Assembly Bill A416, this is the bill that's basically, they're saying that the governor can more or less the governor can indefinitely detain somebody on some pandemic shit if they feel that they are a threat you know and, and this is a bill it hasn't it, it was introduced in like 2015 it hasn't gotten any motion and now it's kind of going through the social media sphere that's how i call wind of it but nothing's happened with it as of yet but you know it's one of those things that it's kind of sitting there and and people need to pay attention to it because even if this doesn't go through, there are already laws on the books where they don't need to pass this one because there are laws on the books that people can be indefinitely detained. And I think when something like this goes through the social media sphere, it's also to take the temperature. To be brief, there's something called Project Minerva and Project Minerva is to measure the critical mass of social contagion 
you know? And so I feel that sometimes things are leaked out or put out and they say, okay, let's see how fast this spreads across social media. How fast is this going to become viral? Because again, people go to meme university. They see that, they see the meme and they pass that along and they don't dig any deeper than the actual meme. But when you dig a little deeper, that's when you find out, oh, this doesn't, you know, this, this thing was introduced in 15, 2015, and it hasn't really gone anywhere. And it might not go anywhere, but it's being discussed a little bit right now. So someone might have just put this out just to see how far it spreads. When there's plenty of stuff to be worried about, but this is also something just for people to realize, okay, this is a conversation that's coming into debate right now, public debate, where the the, the way I received the, the meme was that unvaccinated people can be detained indefinitely, according to this. And it does say that, you know, unvaccinated people can be indefinitely detained and, <clears throat> and they can even be forced vaccinated in that indefinite detainment. Yeah. So this is facts, you know, and they could try it. They could try it. And they would try it in a state like New York because it is a beta, beta test state where they do things like that. So it's just for the people to pay attention, advocate for their rights. We're so far gone down. Like, this is how Nazi shit starts. And people don't realize because they don't know history. This is how the Nazi shit starts. What we are experiencing right now, this is how it starts. Uh, I need to read some, uh, magazines. I need to, uh, cause that's some, that's some fucked up shit. Mm -hmm. I'd be damned if someone comes to my crib talking about you're not vaccinated. Come with me. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. What you said. <laughs> <laughs> what you said. Exactly. You know, and that's where we're at right now. And you know, like I said, I always take it easy when you're on the line, you know, because you have such a bright future ahead of you. <laughs> I, I, know I, bright, I know I have a bright future ahead of me, but the thing is, I've been this way for a long time. And I've been consistently this way for a long time. I say for 20 years strong, I've been this way. You know, I've seen things change. I've been outspoken. And whatever list I'm on, I'm on that bitch. <laughs> you know? But at the same time, they play me gingerly. And since, you know, we all began on the Wake Up Radio and the On the Wake Up Radio Network, that's been, you know, safety in numbers where I'm not dolo out here. And you, you know me, man, the conversations we used to have, it was two, three, four people in a room talking with music on, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> with beats in the background having these conversations. We're now we're on the airwaves having these serious conversations because that's what time it is. Because when the time travelers pop up and, you know, they're, they're in their timeline and they say what the hell happened 20, 30 years ago. They can look back on the archives of On The Wake Up Radio and be like, these motherfuckers tried. Because I think the more 
you learn about what some of these doctors are saying is going to help you to fine tune that definition right there. Oh man, my big brother Fedco said I got the book by Miss Ali. He got it. Showers out Ali. I'm telling you, bro, it's on dynamite, right? <laughs> the black man's guide to understanding the black woman. I'm telling you, bro. I'm gonna get you a copy of that, Bruce. I'm gonna get no, you a copy. And you know, I, I, yo, I mine, I, I freaking it slipped out of my pocket in a lift. I was in a lift. I got a ride, and when I, by the time I realized that shit was gone, hopefully some black man got it and is, you know, absorbing that good content. Were you in a black, where, where, where you in a, was the driver black? No, the driver was Latina. I don't even know if she spoke English. Yeah, I know. But maybe her husband's black. You never know. <laughs> well, then it won't have nothing to do with her then. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I know. She might have thrown that book out. You know? Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Man. You know, but it's all good. Well, you know, she might have been. No, nah, she wasn't black. I don't think she was black at all. She was nah, If you thought she was black, she does. Right, but you know, you see those like the Dominican families, and then you know, some of them be light, but then some of them be like straight black. <laughs> she might have come from one of those families. But I doubt the fact that you said Mike, but before just a while you said not nah, she was Latina. She was everything. Right. Right. <laughs> no, she, she wasn't that type of Latina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. But um Yeah. Yeah, I'm about so, to Yeah, I'm about to wrap it up, man. Yo, Bruce, thank you for coming through. As always, good guys. the cutlass. <laughs> Bruce on the board. <laughs> Yes, sir. So, ladies and gentlemen, you know what it is. Thank you for tuning in, listening to On the Wake Up Radio. My brother John, the Masonic Marine, he wasn't able to come tonight, but big up to him. You know, we'll see him next time. Um, Folks, check us out at otwtube.com. OTWTube.com. That's our social media platform. We do everything we do is a labor of love, folks. We do this for you. Um, on the uh, on the wakeupradio.com. Eventually, we're gonna bring back the the research institute. We tried to tell you the research institute, bro, Bruce. Uh, we used to have free download PDFs of the shit that we talk about, like PDFs official, you know whether it was from WikiLeaks or it was declassified documents or books or all kind of stuff. We had that shit on the online. Then our, you know, our website was compromised and we haven't had that section. We it was. We we went through some fuckery for a while. <laughs> oh man, not surprising. Yeah. But Big Bro said, IG straight cut you off and didn't show you were on live at all, bro. I had to go to the tube. Oh, shit. Am I on YouTube right now? Uh-oh. I hope I'm not. I hope <laughs> We got two strikes on YouTube. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, no, we got two strikes on YouTube right now. That's um, yeah, it is crazy. It is crazy, but all that to say, yo, thank you for coming through, Bruce. Thank you for um, tuning in, everybody. Thank um, you for having me. Yep. 
Thank you to the whole On The Wake Up Radio Army for tuning in. Thank you to the whole On The Wake Up Radio family. Big shout out to super producer Cindy Ashby for bringing this all together. Tune in again next week for the most dangerous two hours in radio on The Wake Up. Loud individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Deanne. Cindy Ashby. On The Wake Up. You, the people, have the power. The power to create happiness. Let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful. To make this life a wonderful adventure. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power. But they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us all unite. OTWTube.com, uncensored free speech platform.